Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> Again. I believe in the sand beneath my toes The beach gives a feeling and nothing feeling I believe in the faith that grows And the bow I goes can make me cry You have a Fox News poll that has uh, Biden up 10 points Rasmussen's got Biden up 12 Campaign is cratering, it's falling apart And that's the conditions under which Mike Pence had to stand up there Lie yeah. to the country tonight to try to say something but the American people get what's going on. I don't think it's ever a good sign when a fly lands on your head for two minutes. That's a sign all through history of sin. It's always safe to say this, sorry, after midnight, but he who commands the fly has always been seen historically as the mark of the devil. So I'll just <laughs> well, not Steve. Relevant, but, but, it, but it, I, having the fly now land as a journalist. Your- Never. Now I have to never. ask for the record, are you joking? Because uh, it, the fly could have landed on anyone. Yes, but it didn't. It landed on Mike Pence, and it, and it says something. <laughs> I don't think karmic about the status of the campaign as it implodes. I doubt it. You are fake news. Look, you can't be serious, man. Very fake news. You cannot be serious. You trying your breath? It never feels like enough. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Skank free wherever he is. Get your car back and back out of here. All right, go, go. Ten, five, four, three. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can't ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Plenty to talk about tonight, as usual. Uh, Michael Strickland joined us yesterday to discuss his self-defense case in Portland. You may remember him successfully fending off the Antifa mob in 2016 by drawing his Glock, and he's been destroyed in the Oregon court system ever since. And he's now appealing his case or trying to appeal his case to the Supreme Court to overturn his convictions. It was a great interview, I thought. So uh, we'll play that for you in the second hour of the show. But before that, you and I have spent all afternoon trying to figure out every mystery there is about what happened. What exactly happened with this Denver shooting? And we don't have how weird is this? I lost your camera. It, um, it's a weird story. Yeah. So weird. So weird. So we'll go through all the available evidence. Uh at least uh, as we've collected it and figure out exactly what happened here. Uh, and then uh, we'll of course do a little debate recap because Kamala Harris, the big takeaway from the VP debate was Kamala Harris refusing to answer the question of whether she would pack the court. And uh, Joe Biden is picking up exactly where she left off. Apparently. Doesn't that say it all though? Um, <laughs> how so? What do you mean? I mean, just not answering the question. Mm. The, the, what I'm supposed to surmise from this is obviously that they're going to try to pack. Correct. Yeah, I, I thought there was some kind of Kamala joke in there, like of a, some kind oh. of sexual nature, but I wasn't putting it together. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. Well, that's What's Kamala Harris. You? You know, that's where it's, where it's always going to go. Anyway, uh, Joe Biden picks up where she left off. We'll go through his refusals to answer the question. And then a few 
a couple of legendary gaffes from Joe this week, including the one you heard there in the intro. Um, I, I, hilarious as always. And then we'll talk about the, uh, the FBI stopping a supposed uh, Michigan militia from kidnapping Gretchen Whitmer. The militiamen hate Trump, but Gretchen blames Trump for inspiring them. And I, I'm a little tinfoily about this Michigan plot. I, uh, I think it's definitely true. (laughs) You think it's well, if anyone, um, now I can't say deserved Susan, but if anyone, um, did her own encouragement (laughs) to others for this sort of thing to happen, it probably would be Gretchen Whitmer. But, uh, I I just, I don't know. There's been a lot of FBI, uh, fuckery, I think is the technical term over the last year or so in this realm. So I'm a little suspicious. And then, Hey, Keith Olbermann is back. We're going to, we haven't uh, heard political commentary from Keith Olbermann since 2017. We're going to check back in with Keith. He's back and crazier than ever. We got hoax hate updates, uh, including one of the most recent cases that turns out looks like it was legit. Got to update it if it was a legit hate crime. And then uh, some surprise cringe to close. And we will take super chats on YouTube, Streamlabs, and DLive, of course, in between topics. And to close the show as well, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers it will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material remember you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website that's matt one of the many things we have featured over on the website of course is special deals from friendly listener owned businesses this week's feature business is a big supporter of the show that's our friends over at charity swipes If you own or manage a business, you need to speak to Charity Swipes. They're a credit card processor just like Square or PayPal, but with much lower fees, which means you keep more of your money in your pockets where it belongs. They have solutions for all types of businesses, from retail to restaurants to e-commerce. So no matter what kind of business you have, they've got a program to meet your needs. And not only does Charity Swipes help businesses save on their credit card processing fees, But they're all about giving back to the community as well. As their name suggests, they give 30% of their annual profits to charities like Make-A-Wish, Wounded Warriors Project, and the Gary Sinise Foundation. So simply by working with Charity Swipes, you're supporting nonprofits across the country as well. Get started with Charity Swipes today and receive a free card reader as well as a free setup and training. You can view all the details of their offer at charityswipes.com slash MC. Every signup, of course, greatly supports our show as well. So if you own a business, do yourself a favor as well as us and check them out. That's charityswipes.com slash MC. You can find uh, everything you need from Charity Swipes plus everything else from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses. Again, that's mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Uh, deals from Hero Soap Company, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. Deals for listeners by listeners, mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. All right. Um, announcement. We almost never miss Sunday shows. I, mm-hmm. I think we've missed two or three in the, the four and a half year history of this show. There will be no Sunday stream next Sunday, October 18th, because one, uh, it's my birthday. And two, I'm getting married next weekend, which is also important. But you know, which one is uh, more important? order of priorities? So, uh, <laughs> So there will be no Sunday stream, Sunday, October 18th, but we will do the call-in show this week on Wednesday night. That will go on as normal. Uh, We're not going to do the call-in show the next week. So there's going to be a gap between uh, Wednesday, October 14th and Sunday, the 25th. There will be no streams between those two dates, but that's when the stream ends and that's when the stream starts. So thank you guys for your patience. And of course, uh, 
I hope that everything goes to plan. The wedding is still uh, a go despite all the corona obstacles thrown in our way. And now I'm less than one week, less than one week of uh, bachelor life in my life. Uh, Oh, you're not a bachelor right now. Mm -mm. Yeah, not in any meaningful sense, but uh, rings are not on fingers yet. You know what I mean? Her ring is. Um, Yeah, well, wedding rings, you know. Anyway, um, also want to uh, give a shout out to uh, the family of friend of the show, uh, Lauren Chen. I can get her info up here. Her dad has been sick, unfortunately. And um, Lauren is uh, Lauren and her family and her friends are raising money for his medical care on GoFundMe. Of course, uh, and you guys may remember her as Roaming Millennial. If you don't know her, her name, Lauren Chen. Anyway, uh, it's tough enough to get good medical care in Canada sometimes uh, under normal circumstances in Corona times. It's even crazier. So her dad was diagnosed with liver cancer and they're seeking treatment at the Mayo Clinic in the United States. And so right just to get his diagnose diagnosis in between appointments uh 2 months in Canada. Yeah. And that is when you have an in stage cancer or late stage cancer that is crucial crucial time um so it's really important that he gets care in the United States as soon as possible. She had an appointment at Mayo Clinic on October 2nd and his treatment's going to be very expensive. And um if you guys watch Stephen Molyneux, I think he was in a similar situation with his lymphoma mm. and he came to the United States and ended up curing, curing his cancer. So if we could get Lauren's dad in a situation like that, I would be really happy. Um, but yeah, her link is in the description for the GoFundMe. I think they're doing pretty well. They're at about $40,000 and they need about 90,000. Good. Well, all the best to Lauren and her family, of course. And we thank her for her, uh, for her content and her contributions to this show going way back, man. Uh, so all the best to her. And I hope this works out. Of course. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to um, to our friend Facepalm. Facepalm yeah. in the UK actually did our artwork, the show artwork that we've had for two years now. Gosh, almost three years, I think. Since early 2018, we've had the same artwork and we loved it as soon as he did it. Jeez. So he, um, he, he took a little opportunity to troll. Uh, on Tuesday, Michelle Obama, more accurately known as uh, Michael Robinson, of course, released a video calling... Uh, calling Trump racist for speaking about the riots and warning that uh, the rioters will soon uh, come for the suburbs. So that prompted our friend Facepalm to put together uh, a more accurate version of the video with Michelle Obama uh, superimposed over some riot footage. Check out the video. You're stoking fears about black and brown Americans lying about how minorities will destroy the suburbs. (laughs) And they're pinning it all on what's been an overwhelmingly peaceful movement for racial solidarity. It's true. Research backs it up. Only a tiny fraction of demonstrations have had any violence at all. So what the president is doing is once again patently false. It's morally wrong. And yes, it is racist. Uh, (laughs) A dumb bitch. God. So for that, that video, when he posted it on Twitter, got a little traction. It got picked up by James Woods and the repost from James Woods earned it almost two million views on Twitter. And then the president himself retweeted it, which is very cool. (gasps) And because of that, Facepalm has now been banned from Twitter. Oh, no, probably worth it, though. So he tells me that he believes he was suspended rather than permanently banned simply to slow the video's spread. I don't think he's back on Twitter yet, though. I looked earlier today. I couldn't find his account. So even um, 
But even he isn't clear on, on why his account was suspended or for how long or what rule he broke. I don't even understand what rule this supposedly breaks. Yeah. But it's uh, her words. I don't I don't know what the problem is. Yeah. Did we talk about this on any Sunday show? Uh, I don't think we No, not the Michelle Obama clip. No, that's so OK. Her word. I'll be really quick, but her wording is, is so ridiculous there. The minorities are 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 uh, going to take this to the suburbs. She, I think she said take this to the suburbs or like take it to the suburbs. Yeah. I wish he would have superimposed that clip of that chick saying, <laughs> now take, don't do this in our neighborhoods. We need this stuff. Take that shit to the That summer. was the 2016 <laughs> clip where the CNN uh, said, the sister called for peace. <laughs> And then you watch the full clip. And not only did she say, take that shit to the suburbs. She said, we need our shit. Burn that. But she yeah. said that. She also said, we need our shit and we need our weaves. We need our we weave need our shops. weaves. Yeah. <laughs> Burn their shit to the ground. Yeah, take That's that. Said, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ugh. All right. Um, I wanted last thing I want to uh, talk about real quick before we move into the Denver story. Uh, I've mentioned that I used to think the so-called the anti-human agenda that Alex Jones talks about is kind of just a fun thing to hear him uh, rant about, but it's, but you know, some of that is kind of tinfoil or conspiracy thing, except the further we dive down this coronavirus rabbit hole, the more the so-called anti-human agenda emerges in my eyes. And there were a couple clips this week that I wanted to highlight just to make sure people saw them Um, at a socially distanced funeral in the UK. A man moved closer to comfort his grieving mom. So his dad dies. His mom is crying six feet apart responsibly. He moves closer to comfort his mom and other mourners join. And then one of the the staffers at the funeral home moves in and says, no, you were told you can't move the chairs. That's not allowed. Okay, so check this out. Let me pull up that clip. It's my privilege to have been asked to conduct our service today to celebrate the life of Alan Wright. I so they move together to comfort mom. Welcome as we unite in love and friendship. Other guy starts moving. Hey, you, stop that. Stop that. What are you doing? And they all, the, the event has to stop and they have to move apart. Now get this. And then he, you know, allows them to proceed. This other clip I saw on Twitter earlier today. Reportedly, this is in the Czech Republic. Yeah. And uh, it's students or, or I, I assume high school age kids. They're at a dance event, but they're uh, responsibly dancing, not only socially distanced, but the girls and the boys who are dancing together are dancing back to back with their arms interlocked. Look at this nonsense. And masked, of course. (laughs) Oh my God, are we going to start breaking people's kneecaps soon? Somebody should have done that to that funeral. Was it the funeral home director or who was that? He, I read staffer. Uh, I don't know what his title was. Yeah. You break that guy's knees. I'm standing up and cheering for you. The that, that's more, absurd. The more I see of this sort of stuff, the more I realize, okay, the original bargain of, oh, we'll just, we'll do some weird stuff and surrender our freedoms under the premise that they're going to give them back in a little while. No, it's going to keep getting weirder. They're going to, the more we submit to these weird, unnatural behaviors, the more they're going to add additional weird, unnatural behaviors on us. The, the only way this stuff is going to stop, it's not going to be government or regulators saying, okay, that's enough weirdness. We'll go back to normal. The only way it's going to stop is if we stop complying with this bullshit. It's the only way it's ever uh, going to go yeah. back to normal. 
and somebody pointed this out to me today, but um, we're going to have a generation of like neurotic hypochondriacs, I think. Mm. As a neurotic hypochondriac, I can say that's clearly yeah. what's going to happen here. Because what we have is a situation where they're telling you that you may or may not have a deadly virus that has extremely broad symptoms that align with allergies, the colds and the flus of every year. Um, and people are, are just, can you imagine being this age being, being, te- I don't know, are they, how old are they kids? look like late teens, you know, young Teenagers adults, basically. Sorts. Yeah. Uh, they're going to internalize this. Imagine being a young child. Right I now. really worry for the, the really young kids at a developmental age, because I mean, not only are they being denied the, the basic human interaction of seeing people smile and, and just seeing the expression in people's faces. But um, they're going to be trained to believe that their simple presence, that they're being a person, is an inherent threat to others. And that's, that's such right, a that damaging thing, too. Right, that they born bioweapons. Yes. Yeah. And fear of uh, human interaction and interpersonal relationships, of course. I've, I haven't even seen a very good argument for why we shouldn't just let this rip through every country. Well, nobody talks about Sweden anymore. And it's very interesting. If you look at the death curves between, say, New York and Sweden, the scale is different because the population is different. But the pattern, if you just saw the curve and no other information, you wouldn't be able to tell you wouldn't be able to say this one's New York and this one's Sweden. Neither of them have very many deaths anymore. They had huge spikes back in April, May. And now it's over. Why? Because it roared through the population. Not only should we talk about that, I think the discussion is, can that be avoided? Is there any other option? That's how no, viruses I mean, work. Maybe it's people's obligation to just go about their business if they are known to have the virus. Well, I certainly wouldn't advocate knowingly exposing anyone to it. But 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 why? I mean, at this point in time, shouldn't we just be accept that we're going to get it and just go about our business normally? Uh, I, and if I you're mean, a high risk population, isolate yourself. I'll cuck out on staying home if you're sick. I will. <laughs> I will say that one. But I, but I'm not saying like cough on people or yeah, like, like take normal precautions. Right. Um, when I thought I had coronavirus, I, I was wearing a mask yeah. when I was going out. It pained me, but I was doing it. Um, but, you know, I think that maybe it's time that we just allow this to, to hit the population. If you're a high risk person, then you quarantine yourself. Right. I think that that's the only sensible way to go about it. Anyway, let's hop into the uh, the big news of the weekend. Uh, which is this Denver shooting? What a weird story. What? I still don't know what to make of this. I hope nothing new has come out in the last two hours. I got yeah. In chat, uh, I know information is coming out. So if we say anything that's wrong or information is incomplete, please do jump in. But let's go through the context and the facts as we understand them, and then I've got the video evidence and the photo evidence to go through as well. Okay. Um, I guess we'll start at the beginning. Uh, one person died. Another man who Nine News has confirmed was a private security guard contracted by them is in custody after a shooting during dueling protests on Saturday in downtown Denver, I think by the art museum, uh, nine news. And we're going to talk about this, but I seriously think they're going to have a massive lawsuit on their hands here. Uh, they reported that one of their employees and a contractor for the TV station was taken into custody. It later confirmed the guard was contracted through Pinkerton and that it has been a practice of them for a number of years to hire private security to accompany staff at protests. Mm-hmm. What Phoenix ammunition said about this was right. Like we can't, we, we, I understand why you would hire, um, uh, why you would contract this out because they need protection from the left too. <laughs> so, so I get that. I'm sympathetic to that position, but there is a problem with this. Um, maybe we should talk about the, this now. Okay. So they, it seems that they've hired this guy illegally. Um, you have to have a certain license, uh, and Pinkerton 
had an active license to employ security guards in Denver, but there's no record that the shooter, Dolliff, had required city license to work as a private security guard. Right. So, And this came from a spokesman from Denver Department of Excise and, um, and Licenses. Right. So the city requires licensure of security guards. This guy didn't have one. The news station um, hired him nonetheless. It appears the question is why. That's one of the lingering questions that we'll get to toward the end. But um, okay. So what's the rest of the context of the confrontation here? He's the shooter. And what else? Like we had two dueling rallies, yes. basically, right? We've got dueling rallies. It's uh, one was a Patriot rally, um, and then the other one was a BLM Antifa soup drive. And I guess I saw some confrontations. It was mostly just people yelling at each other, and I did not see any footage of the actual shooting. Is, am I right to believe that that this is not out there yet? There, is, the closest is their shooting of, or is the footage we'll watch in a moment of leading right up to it, and it's just off yeah. camera. Yes. Then there's another angle where the shooting the shooting is on camera, but it's far away, such that you can't really see anything. So there's no great angle, that's for sure. Um, so police initially said two people were taken into custody, but later said one of them was not involved in the incident, and they tweeted that the suspect was a private security guard. Okay, no no affiliation with Antifa. So I I am to understand that there's this guy. Well, what, what did his shirt say? Um, oh, the Black Guns Matter guy. Black guns. Matter. He's yeah. pictured on screen here and I'll, I'll talk about him when we go through the video. Yeah. It's my understanding that he was the second person arrested. Has that been but confirmed? That's just what I've, I've gathered, but I haven't seen, um, I haven't seen that confirmed anywhere, but it sounds like he, and then they let him go. Okay. So let me know in the live chat if you guys can confirm that, but that seems to be the case. Okay. Although do, I'm not positive. Do you want to watch the, uh, the footage yes, here? Let's watch some okay, of the footage. So and then we can talk about. To, to explain the characters here, as far as I've seen, uh, there are three primary players. You got this dude, as you can see on your screen on the right, in this Black Guns Matter shirt. And as video suggests, let's pull up the video here. He, this is prior to the actual shooting. He's just instigating. This guy's just walking around over, in yeah. people's faces, talking to who I, I guess are pro-Trump people at this rally, but he's just harassing and instigating in several clips and images before the shooting itself. So here's some of that. Okay, so this this is the moment that's immediately before the shooting, and the shooting will actually be off frame to the right. But as you can see, he's doing the same instigating bit, yelling at people. So he's interacting with primarily these two older gentlemen. Okay, so this guy in the bucket hat and the American flag mask, he's your victim. He's the victim. And I use yeah. the word victim tentatively because as the evidence stands now, that's what we believe. Um, but of course, the evidence is a little bit incomplete. We'll go through everything. We use the word victim tentatively. That's all I'm saying. Now, so he's got mace in his in his right hand there, too. You can see a can of uh, mace or pepper spray. And this this Black Guns Matter guy keeps instigating. Okay, so now you see him walk off frame here, the guy in the bucket hat, our victim, walks off frame, looks like he's approaching someone with his hand out. Okay, he walks off frame, and I, I believe that he's approaching the shooter there. It would, that's my guess. 
but he's he's approaching someone off frame and then the shooting itself you'll hear the can of pepper spray deployed and then you'll hear the shot but we can't actually see the shooting very well fuck around and find out what Okay, so there's the shot. And then this is that other far away angle. You can see the shot kind of at this crowd far in the distance. And then you'll see what the uh, immediate arrest looked like right afterward. So this this guy kneeling here, surrendering to police, that's your private security guard guy. That's the shooter. Okay, another question that I'll get to in a moment. There's another person off to the right, here on your right in the blue, who is also surrendering to police. Who's that? I don't know. Maybe that's the other guy. That's what I was wondering. He might be the second arrest. Well, that's not the guy. That's not Black Guns Matter guy. No, and Black Guns Matter guy walks away from this, as we'll see in a moment. There's another angle. So someone else was filming these two women far away, and then here's the shot and approaches. Black Guns Matter guy is walking away, celebrating the shot. You'll hear him go, fuck yeah, a white supremacist is dead right in the dome, and he's happy about it. Yeah, I can tell that. That's why we're walking this I don't know what's going on. One less white fucking supremacist! Fuck yeah! Oh, that is him. At least I'm about 99% sure that's him. uh, It looks like he put on a vest in the interim time or something, but that voice sounds identical. That's why I say it's, it's him. Yeah, I think you're right. So I don't know anything about the second suspect that they let go. Um, let's see the, uh, so here's a great, uh, uh, there is an, I, well, I haven't seen a name ID on this guy, but people have posted all sorts of uh, pictures of the, the black guns matter guy here. He's wearing a fuck the police shirt and was apparently doing the same sort of instigating at an Aurora PD uh, protest a few months ago. So he's a history of doing this, whoever this guy is. Now here's the, the great visual breakdown and it is kind of small and the text is very small it's from our friends at uh, Phoenix ammo. I don't know if he, um, if they made this breakdown or uh, if, if he's just sharing it, but it's a pretty good breakdown of the photo evidence. Uh, that's available here. And from top to bottom, it's in chronological order. So what you're looking at, and I'll link this if you guys want to examine the text and, and, um, and read all, uh, all of it. But uh, the, the, okay. So the two people involved here on the left is uh, Keltner, who's been identified by his son as the, as the victim, a tentative victim. Lee Keltner was his name. And on the right is Matthew Dolliff, who is this apparent private security guard. So, Dolliff approaches Keltner and reaches for his spray. You can see his left hand in the top photo reaching for the spray. And Keltner kind of slaps him across the face or or hits him in the face, knocking off his hat and his sunglasses. Okay, then you can see the second photo, middle middle frame. Keltner takes a a step or two back. And Dolliff is unholstering his gun. uh, And Keltner is still holding his mace at the time, not spraying it. And then upon Dolliff drawing his gun... Uh, Keltner sprays and then Dolliff shoots. That's the bottom frame. So bottom line, at least according to this breakdown, and again, this is based on still frames pieced together, not on solid video. So yeah, but with the shadows, that's clearly with the shadows and his glasses having fallen down. That's clearly the course of events. It seems pretty credible to me. Uh, It does. 
So here are, here are the takeaways from this breakdown. Uh, the uh, Keltner, so the victim, did not provoke gunfire by spraying Dolliff first. Dolliff started drawing his gun when the pepper spray was still at Keltner's side. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keltner did not advance on the shooter. Now, in this sequence, I, I, I will say in the video, it looked like he moved toward him initially upon approach when we saw him move out the right side of the frame. That doesn't mean that it was aggression necessarily. There was sort of an initial meeting. There was some kind of physical exchange between them. And then Keltner backs off as, as demonstrated by the photo evidence here. The um, slap was clearly self-defense. It was an attempt to prevent himself from being disarmed. That guy was going to grab his mace. It looks that way. It yeah. looks that way. So, uh, and, th- and according to this analysis, also unlikely Keltner committed battery, as you said, since it appears Dolph made the physical aggression first. So if that's what happened, if this characterization is correct, Dolliff is going to be in trouble. You can't make a justified self de- uh, self-defense case when you advance an aggression you tried to grab a guy's property off his person, his his pepper spray, and you shot him after he retreated away from you. That's not going to be a self-defense. Yeah, self-defense why didn't case. he have a gun? I don't know. I don't know who was armed there, who I mean, wasn't. Mace. This is a testimony to um, to not carrying mace. When somebody has a gun, I mean, what are you going to do? And like, um, I don't know. If, I don't know if you mentioned it earlier, but they've charged Dolph with first degree murder. That's the charge. They have. Him. Yeah. So then yeah. that's one of my I also don't think that the shooter had um, I mean, he seemed to know how to handle his weapon, but I don't think that he had the requisite firearms training for the licensure. Uh, so no, th- it doesn't. Uh, or- Denver requires guards to complete 16 hours of training by an eligible training provider before working in the city. Oh, on use of um, force specifically or what? Just in general, just mm-hmm. to be employed as a security guard. And which he, so he was definitely employed illegally for sure. And then further training is required before a guard can carry a firearm uh, in plain clothes. Oh, which he so was. maybe there are additional crimes on that front, additional charges potentially. Well, the news, the news organization, I don't know what the deal was here. I don't know. This is making me get real tinfoily though. Why would they hire him? Yeah, so that's, that's the number one question, I think, is why is the news hiring this unlicensed guy to do their security? And if the city has requirements, why wouldn't they follow those requirements? And then the other question... And they knew that there were requirements because they had already registered with the city. It's just that this hmm. specific employee was illegal. And the other question I have about this, too, is if Dolph was working for Nine News, why does it appear... Again, it's not conclusive, the video, but it appears to me he's kind of off on his own. Where are the Nine News personnel? who should have been on scene with him here in theory, if he's working for them, they weren't at least as far as I've read or as far as I've seen, we got a, I got an email uh, note or an interesting note from an emailer that may, may explain some of this Uh, emailer says, I've seen a lot of commentary regarding the shooting. Many people express outrage uh, saying, how could they hire an Antifa leftist activist as private security for their news crew? I think they are missing the point. The news crews, likely have to hire them in order to keep them from being attacked by Antifa and Black Lives Matter. The private security likely has the connections to basically keep problems away by vetting the reporters for the mob. I think people are looking at it backwards. They're not afraid of the right. The reporters are afraid of the left. And this is the leftist protection racket. Now, the cops... That's probably true. This guy was a certified leftist. I mean, they're saying that he has no connection to Antifa. Fine. But if you look through his social media posts, like, Dude's basically Antifa. Big League Politics has uh, a summary of all of his posts over the last X amount of years. And 
Yeah, I mean, he thinks Trump's a Nazi. He thinks Trump supporters are racist. He unironically posts Keith Olbermann rants, which we'll get to <laughs> later in the show. Uh, I mean, if draw your own conclusions. The guy is clearly of left wing politics. Is that relevant in this case? Well, no. I, I, we're, that link is not necessarily drawn as a specific motive yet, but it is uh, something to consider. Uh, another question to consider, why did um, uh, why did Dolliff approach in the first place? That is to say, if I'm right and Keltner was kind of he kind of saw him approaching and he walks over there with his arm out to try to stop him. Why was Dolliff approaching? What was the nature of the conflict between him and Keltner? Why was he walking up there to intervene with this agitator guy if that's what he was doing? Without better video, we just don't necessarily know. And the other thing I want to say is about the arrests and the charges why a first degree murder charge? So first degree murder usually contains an element of premeditation. I, I don't know how that would be demonstrated in this case with the, the facts that we have. Um, I, I did look at, at Colorado law and apparently in Colorado, a person charged with first degree murder can still be found guilty of lower homicide charges. Um, but, um, mm. but you wouldn't think prosecutors would bring that first degree charge unless they had some way to substantiate it. Is there something that they know that we don't? Yeah, I suppose. Or I, I, I don't know. Um, for people that are curious, police, though, that Michelle Malkin has the most comprehensive timeline of everything that's going on, and she's out of Colorado Springs, so, so I mean, she's really close to what's happening. So check out her Twitter. Um, it really served to inform me today because when I started reading about this, I'm like, what the hell is yeah. going on? I had to research it for 30 minutes before I figured out like who the shooter and who the victim was just based on the footage that I saw. I was like. I thought it was the um, the agitator for a while. When I first saw the clip, I thought he was going to do the shooting or the one to be shot. And then. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah. And then I was like, this is just some unrelated third party. Well, not unrelated. I mean, he definitely uh, heightened tensions. But then but then who's this guy? Well, it and just, what and is it he just, doing all over the place in, in every protest? The other, thing, people? the other thing I'll say about him, Black, Black Guns Matter guy, I've seen speculation on Twitter that he's mentally ill, and I don't know that that's substantiated or not. Again, I haven't seen an ID on him as far as what his name is. But put it this way, um, even for those deepest into the leftist ideology, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, it, you have to be extremely sick to witness a murder like he did and walk away in celebration. That's what this guy did. Is he mentally ill or is he just a true leftist? I mean, you, you, I mean, maybe he's a paid protester too. I don't know, but I find his whole, his whole involvement is very weird. The fact that he was a, a stirred up conflict here, watched a guy get killed and walked away in celebration is very bizarre. There, there's gotta yeah, be something that we're missing. Straight out there. of rules for radicals, just creating chaos and then, and then walking away. Mm. That's what they do. I, I wonder how much of this was manufactured. This is making me sound insane. Isn't it? I just, but I think there possible. are, there are key facts here that we haven't seen yet that are going to come out. There's, there's just a yeah. lot of questions that need to be answered. The other question, of course, before we move on from this story, who was that second arrest? Was it that guy off in the right side of the frame that we saw in the video? If so, who is he? What was his involvement? Uh, police, he might be totally uninvolved. Police I mean, let him the go. Police you said? came at you. Yeah, they let him go. If the police came at you with all their firearms drawn. Uh, I, I would immediately just put your hands get, hit the ground. Yeah. yeah. So he might be somebody that they didn't even, you know, didn't all right. Question. Well, again, if you guys in the chat see more information throughout the night, please let us know because there's a lot of mystery still in this uh, particular case. But um, I suppose. Without more information, we'd be wise to move on. We got plenty more to talk about. Do you have any more to say about the uh, Denver incident? 
Nope, it sure is weird. We will every time uh, something like this happens, I'm like, is this real? Is this a this sound? one was tough to figure out, but I, I think a great job to the uh, to the internet uh, experts who pieced together the still frames and and made sense of what was a difficult situation to break down. So we'll see if they are proven correct or not. Uh, but we'll move into presidential politics before we get into whatever is going to happen with the upcoming presidential debates. If there will indeed be any more, we got to recap what happened in Wednesday's vice presidential debate. And outside of the stupid no. fly, don't worry, I only have one thing to say about it. <laughs> so boring. I, I mean, I thought Pence did a good job, but he is, uh, he's very, um, just, Oh, I just wanted to smash. He's very face monotone. The whole time. She's so smug. He is monotone, but, but her, I'm talking, excuse me. We'll get excuse to me. that. I'm, I'm, okay. <laughs> her desperate attempt to be oppressed. Anytime Mike yeah. Pence talked, how dare you interrupt a black woman or whatever. And then, of course, the big takeaway is the stupid fly that uh, Democrats and media want to emphasize, because um, if there's not much about your candidate to emphasize, you go with the uh, the fly. But outside of that, the major theme was Kamala's refusal to answer Mike Pence's question on whether she and Joe Biden would try to pack the court with progressive judges if the Senate confirms Amy, Amy Coney Barrett uh, to the Supreme Court. Of course, the hearings are set to start tomorrow, so I'll be excited to tune into that. Uh, but just to back it up and make sure everyone's aware about what this court packing debate means, the number of judges on the Supreme Court is not constitutionally defined. It's defined simply by statute. So the current nine-member court has been the court's makeup since the Grant administration, 1869. So it hasn't changed for you know a century and a half at this point. Um, and uh, but since it's just a a change of law to decide the number of justices on the uh, Supreme Court. The idea here is that Democrats will uh, get the House and the Senate and the presidency and just pass a law to put more justices on the court and fill those seats with progressive leftists um, who will support their policies and drown out the, at least for now, forthcoming conservative or textualist majority, constitutionalist, really, uh, majority. And Democrats have been floating this idea lately. As recently as last year, Kamala Harris said she was interested in it in a podcast interview. And you'll recall at the first presidential debate, Trump tried to pin Joe Biden down on this and Joe Biden refused to answer. Well, Pence went back on the charge on this one and Kamala again refused to answer. Are you and Joe Biden, if somehow you win this election, going to pack the Supreme Court to get your way? I'm so glad we went through a little history lesson. Let's do that a little more. In 1864. I'd like you to answer the question. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. I'm speaking. Abraham Lincoln was up for re-election, and it was 27 days before the election, and a seat became open on the United States Supreme Court. Abraham Lincoln's party was in charge not only of the White House, but the Senate. But Honest Abe said it's not the right thing to do. People, Susan, are voting right now. They'd like to know if you and Joe Biden are going to pack the Supreme Court. Let's talk about packing. You once Come again on. gave a non-answer. Joe Biden gave a non-answer. <laughs> trying to answer you the now. American people deserve a straight answer. And, and if you haven't figured it out yet, the straight answer is they are going to pack the Supreme Court. Yeah, Thank let's you. talk about packing the court then. Let's talk about the Please. fact. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to. <laughs> so, anytime, anytime. I sit on the Senate Judiciary Committee, Susan, as you mentioned. And do you know that of the 50 people who President Trump appointed to the Court of Appeals for Lifetime Appointments, not one is black? I just want the record to reflect she never answered the question. Did you know 
it, 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 here's the funniest thing. So obviously she's avoiding the question. She's doing her stupid uh, high school girl drama crap. I'm talking right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's my turn. Mm-hmm. But um, if you look into the claims that she made, they're distractions, but they're also not true. I suppose her claim about Trump and the appeals court is technically true, but it's very specific. So she was specific in claiming that Trump hasn't filled any appeals court seats with black judges. Now, strictly speaking, that's true. The appeals court. Who cares? Who cares? Great. Doesn't matter. Greatest point is who gives a shit? The only question is, are they good judges or not? (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't care. But um, but that claim ignores the fact that Trump has appointed eight black uh, judges to uh, of the 203 federal appointments he's made. Eight have been black. Is that underrepresentative? Again, the question is, are they good judges? All right. But you can point to these eight and say, like, well, if he really hates blacks, how did these eight make it through? I don't really understand that decision. And on this Lincoln claim, this Lincoln claim is just. It's just not true. Again, at least the claim that Lincoln stood on principle against confirming a Supreme Court justice in an election year. No, what happened was uh, this analysis by uh, Brad Schaefer over at the Daily Wire. Uh, there, uh, the Supreme Court uh, Chief Justice Roger Taney died October 12th, 1864, just before Lincoln's reelection. And Lincoln, in fact, was eager to fill that seat since Taney was a pro-slavery judge. Uh, the only reason he didn't fill it immediately was because the Senate wasn't in session. The Senate was on break until December 5th. And then the very next day on December 6th, 1864, Lincoln submitted his nominee. And this and um, this nominee was confirmed by the Senate the same day. So, yeah, we're supposed to have this grand uh, thorough hearing in the Senate. Lincoln put forth the nomination. They said, yeah, sure. And they got it done. There's no evidence whatsoever. Lincoln never said anything about the principle of not filling a seat in an election year. That was just made up to fit uh, some uh, a historical situation that didn't develop in the way she describes. Now, as poorly as Kamala performed, at least she has uh, media allies, of course. The most ridiculous of whom, at least that I saw, was uh, Steve Schmidt over on MSNBC, who not only deflected to the fly aspect of the debate, but he claimed that the fly landed on Pence um, and, it, and it was a satanic symbol. That's why mm. it was Steve Schmidt. I mean, I don't think it's ever a good sign when a fly lands on your head for two minutes. You know, that's a that's a sign all through history of sin. It's only safe to say this, sorry, after midnight. But, you know, the a fly, he who commands the fly has always been seen historically as the mark of the devil. So I'm just <laughs> well, I'm not Steve. relevant, but, but, it, but it, <laughs> I, having the fly now land as a on journalist. Your, Never, now I have to never, ask for the record, are you joking? Because uh, it, the fly could have landed on anyone. Yes, but it didn't. It landed on Mike Pence, and it, and it says something. <laughs> Isn't the commander of the fly Biden in this situation, though? Why would you have a fly land on yourself? I don't know. I Don't ask me to explain it. That's retarded. Oh, now they care about what is and is not satanic. Yeah. A bunch of pedos. <laughs> Uh, allegedly, Susan. Um, so, okay, so Biden carries on in this in dodging these court packing uh, questions because nobody in the Biden camp is willing to answer them. So reporters are actually starting to press Joe Biden uh, late in the week and through the weekend. He's persistently refusing. He's been asked several times in the last few days and he won't answer. And he said, well, he says he won't answer until after the election is over. 
He says, um, uh, oh, the, the line I liked was, you're going to have to pass Biden to see what's in Biden. A reference, oh, rich. <laughs> a reference yeah. to a. Didn't Nancy Pelosi say that about. Right. It was Obamacare, I think, or a, I forget which law, but it, it was uh, one it of It was those, a spending bill, I thought. Might have been. Um, he also says uh, he won't answer because then reporters will write headlines about it. <laughs> yes, correct. And then he and then he was asked point blank over the weekend, don't you think voters deserve to know your stance on court packing? And he said, no, they don't. They don't deserve to know. Here's Joe Biden. They'll know my opinion of court packing when the election is over. Now, look, I know it's a great question. Y'all, and I don't blame you for asking. It, but, you know, the moment I answer that question, the headline in every one of your papers will be about that. No shit. Why wait until after the election? Court package going on right now. It's going on with Republicans packing the court now. It's not constitutional what they're doing. We need to focus on what's happening right now. Sir, I've got to ask you about packing the courts, and I know that sure. you said yesterday you yeah. aren't going to answer the question until after the election, uh, but this is the number one thing that I've been asked about from viewers uh, in the past couple of days. Well, you've been asked by the viewers who are probably Republicans who don't want me continuing to talk about what they're doing to the court right now. Well, sir, don't the voters deserve to know? No, they don't. Deserve, I'm not going to play his game. <laughs> He'd love me to talk about, and I've, I've already said something on, on packing court. Pack. He'd love that to be the discussion instead of what he's doing now. He's about to he's about to make a pick in the middle of an election. First time it's ever been done. First time in history it's ever been done. Oh, my God. I mean, where do you begin? First of all, if they're Republicans, they don't deserve to know if the voters are Republicans. They don't deserve to know. That's that's the conclusion. That's the kindest interpretation of of what he just said. Um, but just like Kamala Harris, what he's saying is is a bunch of crap, too. Factually speaking, it's never been done before. Never confirmed a Supreme Court justice in election year. It's happened like 30 times, dude. It's actually quite frequent. He added over the weekend that confirming Barrett is not is, quote, not constitutional. It's squarely constitutional. It's exactly as the Constitution prescribes, in fact. And um, and it's hard to hear him in that airplane clip or where the clip where he's standing near the uh, the jet engine. But what he's saying there, they're repeating this line that, oh, actually, the court packing, they're redefining the terms and saying the court packing is Republicans packing Amy Coney Barrett onto the court. That's not what court packing is. Court packing is creating new seats and then filling them with judges who will give you predetermined answers. To be fair, though, I think that they're playing off the general ignorance of the populace. And I think that that probably is is playing well. Mm. Uh, I do. Do you think if you took a poll of 100 Americans, you know, from various regions that that the majority of them would know what court packing is. Uh, no, probably not. I don't think so. I mean, doesn't it sound like you're trying to get in a candidate at the last moment? Yeah. You're just trying to cram her in there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're just trying to pack the court with this last candidate. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's the line they're going with. So maybe it's deliberate deception in the way you're uh, oh, describing. They, for sure. They had a meeting about this. Well, if you think that this is red meat for Trump at the next debate, too bad because the next debate's not going to happen, at least not the one this week. It was scheduled for Thursday. It's now canceled after the debate commission decided to change what was supposed to be a town hall style event where voters could ask questions um, in person into they decided just without consulting the campaigns, apparently, that they were going to make this a virtual event. And then Trump responded and said, I'm not going to do that. That protects Biden. uh, And there's no medical reason for us not to do this. Trump has been cleared to travel. In fact, he's going to start campaigning tomorrow. I read oh, wow. after his coronavirus diagnosis. 
So as of now, Joe Biden is planning to do a town hall on his own on Thursday night. Trump has proposed pushing back the October 15th debate to October 22nd and then move the third debate to October 29th. But Biden's campaign has rejected that proposal, saying that's not the originally agreed upon time frame or timeline. And uh, Trump doesn't schedule the debates. The debate commission does. And the campaign officials have been fighting back and forth on Twitter throughout the weekend. It doesn't. Uh, obviously, we're not going to get a debate this week. I guess we can count on the one on the 22nd. The third debate may potentially happen, but even that's kind of up in the air. There's nothing certain about the debates right now. And the debate commission's judgment is getting ripped in light of, um, well, this change of rules that they just invented on the spot. And then the choice of Steve Scully as the moderator. who He was supposed right. to moderate this Thursday's debate. Didn't he used to work for Biden? So the thing about Steve Scully, we he works for C-SPAN now. And you're correct. We knew that he was a Democrat, basically, because he worked for Biden or he was an intern for Biden. And right. he also worked for Ted Kennedy. And that's right. Yes. So he interned for Biden in the 70s. Good Lord. Like, that's how old Biden is. <laughs> anyway, so this week on Twitter, Steve Scully, the guy, the C-SPAN guy who worked for Biden, who's supposed to moderate this debate tweeted a a um he tweeted at remember momentary press secretary of trump anthony scaramucci who's now anti-trump because reasons or whatever but he he treat he tweets at the mooch asking for advice in responding to trump and scaramucci responds um oh, let's, scaramucci responded to him saying ignore he's having he's gonna have a tough time some more bad stuff is about to go down okay and when i first saw this it was like well yeah i mean that's not a good that's not good for your appearance of impartiality but like we already knew you were a democrat so who really cares another case where the cover-up is so much worse Worse, than the crime they're going with the joy reed defense (laughs) c-span and steve scully are saying my account was hacked i didn't post these tweets hackers did this is the official statement from c-span the um c-span says steve did not write the tweet and he's working with authorities Indeed, the FBI is now on the case. Of all the things the FBI has to worry about in this country, Steve Scully's Twitter account. He must have been hacked. I mean, he must have been hacked. uh, Well, this is the thing. He claims to have been hacked many times over. By now, you'd think he'd learned two-factor authentication. Some tweets of his. 2013, I apologize for some earlier tweets. My account was hacked. Those tweets didn't come for me. Thanks for alerting me. Then in 2012, I apologize for Saturday's tweets regarding weight loss. (sighs) I still have my day job at C-SPAN, though. Darn those hackers. Have a great Sunday. <laughs> it's been a problem for Steve Scully. And this is the thing, too. Let's say it was hackers. You get control of the debate moderator's account. At, I'm going to type, like, Biden is a fag lol. If I got, yeah. I'm not typing, hey, Scaramucci, can I have some advice? Mm-hmm. It's it cle- clearly what happened is they I, he thought they were DMing. That's what people are theorizing. They were DMing. He thought it was a DM (laughs) and instead it was a tweet. That's what happened. Oh, what a retard. And if it wasn't expected from Scaramucci's part, why would he, why would he reply? Yeah. He must've been hacked back when he posted friendly pictures with Joe Biden in 2016. That must've been a hacked photo that they got of him. He must've been hacked. um, uh, Deep fake. (laughs) Must be. He must've been hacked when he posted. No, not Trump. Not ever. In March of 2016. And that brings me to my favorite fact check of the week. This all started, of course, with Trump saying upcoming debate moderator Steve Scully is a never Trumper on Sean Hannity's show. 
Fact check from Newsweek. Is presidential debate moderator Steve Scully a never-Trumper? Okay, they list all the evidence, including that tweet. No, not Trump, not ever. <laughs> and their rating is mostly false. <gasps> mostly false. Liars. Lying liars. The conclusion is, while Scully did once work for Democratic politicians, including Biden, like Trump claims to Hannity, there is not enough evidence to support the president's assertion that Scully is part of the never Trump movement. Oh, it's a movement now. It's different, way different than just saying I'll never support Trump. That's what. Yeah, <sighs> that's what they're doing. Anyway, they do that with Antifa all the time, too. Like there's some fucking ringleader that you have to be subservient to to be qualified as somebody that is part of Antifa. It's like, no, this is a nebulous organization of which many people are a part based on their ideologies, just like Never Trumpers. The um, the hackers apparently deleted Steve Scully's account, too. He deleted it or deactivated oh. it momentarily. But then I looked before the stream and it's back on, but it's privated now. So the hackers uh-huh, are uh-huh. making moves all over on Steve <sighs> Scully's account. Anyway, uh, real quick uh, before we move on, I mentioned the Biden gaffes of the week. I have to talk about them before we move away from presidential politics, because one of them is maybe my favorite Biden gaffe yet. Um, So Biden, he was campaigning in Pennsylvania, I believe, and he described uh, hearing from voters who are, quote, trying their breast, but it never feels like enough. Everywhere I've been hearing all around the country, you're trying your breast. But it never feels like enough. You know, it just it never feels like enough when you're trying them out. (laughs) The voters get it. Now, check this clip. He was he was campaigning in uh, Nevada and he pulled down his mask to cough in his hand and then put his mask back up. (laughs) (laughs) The kinds of investors. (laughs) Why are we doing this? Why are we so preposterous? Why are we even bothering? It's such a charade. Oh, okay. So then, and then lastly, Bernie Sanders is campaigning for Joe in Michigan. We saw his uh, amazing rally in New Hampshire where tens attended last week. Looks like the same type of attendance here, but some woman with a Trump flag perfectly obstructs the camera on Bernie with a Trump flag blowing in the wind. Million workers. The American people need a wage increase. They need a $15 an hour (laughs) minimum wage. And that is what Joe Biden is proposing. Well played. Wow. Well played. Good for her. So that's all I got on presidential politics. We'll see what goes down with the debate stuff. Uh, But uh, we just don't know yet. The one thing I did want to talk about before we get to uh, our Michael Strickland interview is the Whitmer kidnap plot. That's going to take a little bit, though. We're a little bit behind my time goal. So, um... You think we we could uh, we could get through the Whitmer plot quick and and go to the interview and then take a super chat break after, or we could take a break. Yeah, let's let's do that. Okay. Well, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, the Gretchen Whitmer story. Thirteen, uh, thirteen men have been arrested and charged Thursday in an alleged plot to overthrow apparently several state governments and kidnap governors, but specifically Governor Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan. Six people were federally charged with conspiracy to kidnap kidnap seven others associated uh, with this local armed group called the Wolverine Watchmen were charged by the state of Michigan. 
Now the plot, gay name. The plot among these Boogaloo boys and Boogaloo supporters, as CNN calls them, was to have 200 men storm the capital at Lansing and take <laughs> Whitmer hostage and try her for treason in Wisconsin. Before the November election, Whitmer held a press conference on Thursday to announce the charges and to blame Trump for the whole incident. Here's what that sounded like. This should be a moment for national unity. Instead, our head of state has spent the past seven months denying science, ignoring his own health experts, stoking distrust, fomenting anger, and giving comfort to those who spread fear. I just want to uh, take note of the sign language interpreter. Yeah, that's he's got some weird stuff Woof. going on. At least she's not fat. And hatred and division. <laughs> just last week, the president of the United States stood before the American people and refused to condemn white supremacists and hate groups like these two Michigan militia groups. Stand back and stand by, he told them. Hate groups heard the president's words not as a rebuke, but as a rallying cry, as a call to action. When our leaders speak, their words matter. That woman doesn't even know sign language. She just is on mushrooms or something. Maybe. Just making it up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the idea that this was Trump inspired or even conservative or libertarian or constitutionalist in philosophical nature is highly flawed. Uh, one of the six primary alleged conspirators, Brandon Caserta, appears to be an anarchist. He's on video calling Trump a tyrant and encouraging people not to trust the police. Here are some of his videos. Trump is not your friend, dude. And it's it amazes me that people actually like believe that. When he's shown over and over and over again that he's a tyrant, every single person that works for government is your enemy, dude. It was an order-following police officer. These order followers are not here to protect you. You are not going to achieve freedom by continuing to support these people under the erroneous belief that they're here to protect you. That's just incorrect. And we can people note the anarchist flag behind him as well. Improve this. That's the end of the clip, actually. Well, homeboy's right about that. We should be inherently distrustful of people in government. I mean, yeah, I don't, he's I don't, straight up right about that. I don't have a huge problem with the things he's saying there. I think the, the point is, this is not a guy who's Trump inspired. This is not a Trump loyalist, red hat, MAGA wearing man right. carrying out white supremacist attacks. In fact, there's no evidence that racial identity had anything to do with this. And, and um, well, except for maybe one of the other guys is apparently a Black Lives Matter sympathizer, a Black Lives Matter participant. Whoops. Yeah. So another guy who was one of the six main dudes charged federally is Daniel Harris. According to local coverage of Black Lives Matter protests for George Floyd, a rally in June, he was quoted uh, accusing the cops of murder in uh, this particular piece. So, yeah, again, there's nothing you do that if you want. There's nothing wrong with that. But the idea that this is Trump inspired or even conservative inspired, per se, seems a little off. Maybe this is invented. Well, I'll get to that in a moment. I have some questions about about this one. I will say, though, I'm like. 20 to 50 percent disappointed that they were unsuccessful 
<laughs> it would have been a show that I disavow, Susan. I disavow in full, but I would have watched the live stream. Why? At, at what point are we going to rage against what's happening to us on a, you know, in, with people in government? They they don't have the right to do to us what they've done. Well, the worst part of Gretchen Whitmer's press conference, too, I had to cut it for time. But if you go listen to it, it's like 10 minutes long. She talks about how. Uh, small business is struggling in Michigan trying to get by. Why? Why do you think? Exactly. It's because of the white supremacists running rampant in Michigan. That's her conclusion. Instead of, oh, no, I actually I shut people down and then I prosecuted 77 year old men who were trying to cut hair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, um, so Trump is never actually mentioned in the affidavit at all. Uh, neither is white nationalism or white supremacism or white identitarianism of any kind. Uh, Whitmer and Biden point to Trump's liberate Michigan tweet back in when, when was that? I think that was in April or something. He tweeted that out. Trump did uh, liberate Michigan. But if you actually read the affidavit, the FBI became aware of this group by one of their own group members reporting them for the supposed plot in March so the, I mean, this plotting really? was happening well before the liberate Michigan tweet. Um, this is the, a touch of Ruby Ridge situation going on here. That's making me a little suspicious. And if you want to blame anybody, you really should blame this uh, Delaware governor. Why is this stupid? Sorry about this stupid video player in the way, but the Delaware governor um, pardoned one of these main conspirators last year. Uh, this was Barry Carney. Carney in or no, uh, John Carney is the governor. The guy he pardoned was Barry Croft. Carney in April 2019 signed off on the pardon of Barry Croft, who faced a series of charges in Delaware during the mid 90s, including possession of a firearm during the commission of a felony assault and burglary. I mean, that Hmm. sound like serious crimes, but I don't know all the details. He's a Democrat, though, so we're not going to blame him. And uh, to the to the questions you were asking, is it fair to question if this is even legit or to what degree this is legit? I had a few people send me emails submitting this as the hoax hate submission for the week. (laughs) You know, Gretchen Whitmer and the FBI invented this totally. Well, based on the timeline, it appears that there was some organizing and some anti Whitmer chatter with this group prior. So it's not totally made up. But what we do know is that one of a member of the group thought it appropriate to rat them out to the FBI. And this is in March. And the FBI converts this guy into an informant. It's, the person's not named, but is listed as uh, a confidential human source, a CHS in the, affida- in the affidavit here. So the FBI gets a rat in this group, converts, uh, gets the rat to spy on the group for them, and then at least four more people do this. So the FBI has four people inside of this group participating in the conversations and recording the conversations and sending the recordings back to the Mm. FBI as they're building a case for months. So this was going on since March. They charged them. It's now October. Um, and, And the FBI has had four people doing this the whole time. I guess my question is, why did it take months to arrest and charge. And my worry, again, this is speculation. It's not with serious evidence, but my worry is, could it be because they really wanted to maximize the case? Are there FBI rats in there going, Hey guys, wouldn't you like to participate in some illegal activity? Just like they say to Randy Weaver. Hey, Randy, you got any short barreled shotguns? If not, I can give you one. You need to make any extra money. Yeah. Yep. I worry that there might be some of that going on here. And the reason I say that, this is, you know, this is circumstantial. It's speculation. But 
Remember some of the cases we've had in just the last year or so alone. We had the white supremacist Coast Guard officer. He allegedly had a hit list of Congress people he was going to assassinate and he was going to do it because he's a white nationalist. Now, in reality, this guy was a drug addict who happened to own guns. And that was the nature of his charges. And not that many guns and not that many rounds. His arsenal was 15 guns and a thousand rounds. Okay, that's like a normal gun safe. Look out, Bloomin' Jew. And he had a Excel spreadsheet. We looked at it on the show. I couldn't find it again, but we looked at it. It literally was just a spreadsheet, one column, (laughs) names of Congress people. It did not say... Uh, order to blow off heads. Number one, <laughs> Richard yeah. Blumenjew, which by the way, it was Jumenthal the whole time. He couldn't I even know. <laughs> couldn't even get the I, right I, I couldn't even defend that guy because he, I just couldn't get behind Blumenjew. <laughs> come, come on, man. You're so close. It's like we, we watched Dinesh, Dinesh D'Souza's movie last night. So did we. And it was it was all right. I We enjoyed it. But did you see did you see in the Kavanaugh part? They still had they had those Kavanope signs that still enrages yeah. me. It's Kavanaugh. Kevin N A H Kevin Na, you guys come. You're look, so what, close. How come we have to do your work for you? Side it's, note: Did you know before this that he had a smoking hot daughter? Uh, she is. She is attractive. Yeah, we were talking about that. Super hot. Yeah. yeah, I had no idea. Who knew that a hot daughter could come from that chinless, hideous man? <laughs> yeah, totally. it was. Uh, it was fun to watch. And Larry Sinclair was in it. That was that yeah. was surprising. Larry Sinclair, the man who alleges he wants. Uh, he wants. Uh, Belated the president uh, or the soon to be someday yep. president Barack Obama. And then we smoked some crack cocaine and <laughs> I, I gave him a blowjob. We thought he was dead. We thought he was killed <laughs> really? by Hillary, but he wasn't. He's in the movie. Okay, so there was that case. And then remember, there was also the base in Virginia. There was the Virginia gun rally in yes. what, January, yeah. February. And mm-hmm. and the FBI arrested these three guys who were part of the base and they were going to Virginia to participate in the gun rally. In reality, what it was was a Canadian man who crossed the border illegally and had an, a machine gun, which was not legally possessed. And apparently in some discord chat or Skype, they talked about the Virginia gun rally once. Like that's literally all the evidence it, was, but yeah. they, they drummed it up the FBI or at least the media coverage <sighs> to connect it to the Virginia gun rally to smear these people as white supremacist, violent people or whatever. All I'm saying is this is the context in which the Gretchen Whitmer plot fits. It seems to me that there's some legitimacy that the group was organized and talking about this stuff before the FBI got involved. Maybe. I don't know. But it's fitting a very convenient political narrative. And uh, that, that raises my eyebrow. Not not that convenient though, because they weren't Trump supporters. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Like they they should have. Uh, if it was really just an FBI creation, they should have really inserted the Trump evidence to really complete the case. I suppose that does yeah. uh, that does blow a hole in the theory that this at is least concocted. Randy Weaver was you know was white nationalist adjacent. <laughs> he had some friends. They would hang out and barbecue or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Um, we have Michael Strickland's interview ready to go. Do you think we should take a brief break before we hop into that or catch up with Super Chat later? Uh, sure. Let's do a few. Let me reload. Let me o- open the treasure chest for you guys on DLive. If I can get that going. Gosh, my laptop's about to blow up. One of the uh, key upgrades. There are upgrades, techni- technical upgrades coming for the show or to the show very soon. So hopefully a minimization of any technical issues. Uh, uh Holden Mulray says, Hi Truth Seekers, what if there was a cure for our social ills, but we rejected the source? And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. That's from Axe. 
Um, Could it be? Yeah. Thanks, man. Much appreciated. A bug says, due to a gummy fueled Harry Potter marathon with my with my beautiful wife, I'll be missing y'all. Please stay safe. We're trying. Well, that sounds worth it. Yeah. Long yeah, dong. Enjoy the John gummy bears. Says, yeah. Uh, did you guys see the World Health Organization advisor who said lockdown should be an absolute last resort to buy time and not the first option to control the virus? Hey, dickhead Dan, are you listening? I know, right? I, I feel kind of bad about what I said in the beginning. Like, maybe we should just let let it rip through society. But, you know, Sweden, people in Sweden, they barely did anything different. I don't even know that they social distance. I think the way to be precise about that is healthy people contracting the virus is not a bad thing. That's one less pathway for the virus. I would never want to knowingly put a vulnerable person in a dangerous situation. But if I or you get the virus and maybe you did, who knows? How are you feeling, by the way? Are you over it or is it still lingering? No, it's still lingering. I still have a sore throat and a cough. Um, and I'm pulling like crazy inch long bookers out of the baby's nose. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm like almost positive that all of us had it. And so we just kind of like laid low for about 10 days. We didn't totally quarantine, but when we went out, we, for the most part, wore masks. And then, um, at the end of 10 days, we just started being normal again. Yeah. And that's one less pathway for the virus to travel. If that is indeed what happened, that's the point that, that stands. And for people who say, Oh, herd immunity is not a wise path or not realistic. It's like, what do you think a vaccine does? It is yeah. the pursuit of immunity. It has to happen. To one be way or fair. Another. I'm a thousand percent sure that if I had it, I infected multiple people. Like there's just no way around. You it. didn't. Uh, well, did you go to the store and lick everything and cough everyone, cough on everyone? No, but I mean, the Trump was just in the same room as people and he got, I mean, everybody got it yeah. from just traveling around in cars and stuff like that. So like, you have to think that for the first two days that we were incubating, that we were just going about our business, that we infected a bunch of people, including my parents, if it is indeed coronavirus. Hmm. I'm trying to open the treasure chest, so stand by, guys. Andrew Pollock says, I have made it my new life's goal to get all of my friends to watch the joy that is your show. I got my big Filipino buddy to watch. Can you guys say hi to Ken Chan? Keep up the great. Hey, Ken Chan, because you're a new listener, I won't do my Asian ranking bit <laughs> today. All right. I'm we'll sorry, spare Ken him. Chan. Uh, Jeffrey O'Neill. Uh, hello. Greetings from Hellburn. Since March 31st, no eating out. July 8th, no home guests. August 2nd, five kilometer from home limit, plus one hour outside. August 5th, permit to work required. October 11th, state of disaster and emergency extended four weeks. State of emergency extended. My God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All the best, um, man. Stay sane. Jesus. Harv Prentice. After the media threw all sorts of sexual misconduct allegations at Trump, we unsurprisingly haven't heard a peep about Biden's scratch and sniff adventures. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that is a good Or one. the fact that Harris is a hoe. <laughs> Never forget. Real quick on DLive, I just yeah. want to say a shout out to Buddy. Thanks for supporting the show. And the rest of you guys hanging out over there as well. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, I like this one. I, I, this is this is under the limit, but I, Dick's Sex and Slammer is his name. <laughs> so he's earned his way in. All right. DYX. Um, yeah. OK, Mark Laflame says, uh, if or when the poo hits the fan for real and assuming you're in a safe place, will the two of you consider extra streams to stay in touch with the rest of us? Hmm. No one I'd rather hear narrating the end of the world than you two. I mean, if it's going down, then... Yeah, if things Maybe. get if things get crazy, I mean, I I'm thinking about I am thinking about I mean, regardless of how crazy it gets, I'm thinking about things that I can do in the next year 
to if make my work more efficient and if I can hire some help and what I can do to maybe put out more content. I'm not, I'm not making any promises because I think there's, it's a good thing to have too little content content than too much. You want to be wanted and missed, not, uh, not people having more than they can watch or listen to, but yeah, um, yep. it's, it's definitely possible. Uh, should I do a few more? Yeah, let's do a couple more and I'll catch up on Streamlabs and we'll get to uh, Mr. Strickland. Rob, Dave, just a small thanks for the videos and podcasts you do. Cheers. Thank you so well, much. Uh, Logan, Billen, Matt, curious about your spiritual journey and if you're learning about different theologies, can't expect truth to fall into your lap without seeking it. Also, Matt once tasted my forbidden fruit. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's been kind of on hold with all the wedding stuff going on. I just haven't had a, t- a lot of time for like sit down philosophical thinking more uh, practical planning things but but yeah i mean i remain open-minded to pretty much everything and uh my perspective on natural rights and objective morality and all that stuff has been on a journey this year so who knows i don't know where it's going but i continue down the path yep i'll just do one more right now travis Vi. have you seen ryan long's comedy he did the woke and racist are the same oh yeah have so much in common he does a lot of great skits and comedy about woke culture totally worth looking up i have not thank you so much though yeah, I've seen that one. That that one would be up your alley. That one's pretty funny. I know. I've seen the one. Ah. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, I guess we'll circle back. Yeah. Uh, over on DLive, Chubby Stubby says, you see BuzzFeed sto- uh, tweet a story of PP being racist and Jordan Haverly reply CC Yelp. Oh, yeah. I, a Yelp story I wanted to talk about tonight. I had to cut it for time, but that's insane. That's outrageous. Yeah. If you've been accused of racism, Yelp will assign a label or a warning to your business profile on yelp i mean enjoy the lawsuits yelp enjoy (sighs) you you earned every one of them um over on streamlabs phil says reminder that legal immigration brought us kamala harris (laughs) well even that well i suppose i guess the legality of her parents isn't in question the question of what was the status of her parents at the time of her birth and what does that mean for her citizenship and her eligibility for the vice president is still up in the air, although you'll get banned on YouTube for talking about that. That's what got our friend, quite frankly. But he did come back, so that's good. Radicus says, uh, I would have loved to hear Pence call her Becky and told her to go back to the valley with that snark. <laughs> I would give yeah, anything really. for her to get caught up in a Black Lives Matter riot. Also, Mr. BGM needs uh, a lead poisoning treatment. Can I say that? Who's Mr. BGM? That was probably too spicy. The Red Guard must fall by their own tactic. Somewhere from somewhere. It says, don't know if you will cover this in the show, but uh, the ATF has deemed the Honey Badger pistol an SBR due to its brace. The decision is a uh, hop away from declassifying AR pistols as SBRs and making law-abiding citizens felons contact your refs. It is very important. We did mention it on Wednesday a little bit. I wish I had more time to talk about it because it is a very important um, gun case. And even for non-gun people, this is the federal government just reclassifying your property as something else and saying that you owe them $200 and registration, or they'll put you in jail for 10 years or fine you 10 grand. That's why that story matters. And perhaps we'll be able to get into that a little bit more, but, uh, but not tonight. Candy Mac says, uh, blonde, I'm praying for you. I hope you feel better. Most doctors and nurses I know who got it say it's normal to last and last uh, you think, uh, you think you feel better and boom, it's back alternating yes. respiratory and GI issues, but it does go away about four weeks. It's your path. Um, yeah. Crypto crook says, thank you for the sanity safe space. Uh, the news looks so depressing. The most depressing thing I, 
Uh, the most depressing thing is how people saw Harris and Pence debate and came to me with conclusions that she was the absolute winner of the debate. My God, that's crazy. There is not too much left in common sense uh, for us. It seems. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is people, there was polling that I saw that said, what, what is your perception of Kamala and Pence prior to the debate? And it was something uh, basically people's perception of Kamala and, and, and Mike Pence was uh, totally unchanged by the debate. Mm-hmm. You went in liking one person or the other. You came out feeling exactly the same. So yeah. People go in with preconceptions. And they don't change. Uh, Radicus says Wolverine warriors. Uh, someone has, or it was, wasn't it something else? Wolverine, something else. I don't have the article. The article. Anyway, Wolverine watch, watch what, Watchmen or, or whatever. Watchmen, yeah. Someone has watched uh, Red Dawn way too many times. The Ginger Christ must <laughs> must have had his gauges fucked one too many times. I love how all violence is right wing, and the Che shirts and commie flags are figments of our imagination. So those are just uh, those are just ideas. Candy Mac says, uh, "Oh my, congratulations, mm-hmm. Matt and fiance. Best of luck." Uh, now and always and happy birthday i should have known you're a libra i'm the 20th well happy birthday candy mac uh much appreciated and uh hope you're doing well down florida way all right well uh let's hop into our michael strickland interview so as i mentioned this this is a big self-defense case that came out of portland in 2016 and michael will walk you through everything that happened and uh where it's going now so that interview is about 18 minutes and then we will come back on the other side of the inter- uh, the other side of the interview. We'll talk Keith Olbermann. We will talk hoax hate, and we'll talk surprise cringe. We'll see you in about twenty. Welcome back. We are pleased to host our guest for the evening, Michael Strickland. Michael, thanks for making time for us tonight. Thank you for having me on. As you wrote uh, in the Gateway Pundit recently, uh, long before there was Kyle Rittenhouse, long before there were the McCloskeys, there was Michael Strickland. And uh, you've been fighting this important self-defense legal battle in Portland for over four years now. And four uh, years, yep. And you're looking to take this fight all the way to the Supreme Court currently. So for those of you who aren't familiar with this case, let's uh, let's back up and let's just start from the beginning. Can you walk us through what happened in downtown Portland back in 2016? Well, I'll give the Cliff Notes version here. Uh, people can go to my YouTube channel, uh, Laughing at Liberals, to see uh, you know the full videos of everything that had happened. But uh, basically, I, I was out there filming a protest, and this is before riots were commonplace. This is before you know, v- you know, violence and the dueling protests and and all that. This is back when one could go to a protest in Portland and not expect there to be violence. So I'm just standing there holding a video camera, you know, uh, doing, you know, political news videography had sort of blossomed into my full time job at that point in time. So I I was there working 
And so, you know, I got my camera up on a monopod and I'm just filming the protest, but, you know, the speakers on the steps. Uh, this was the day after that guy outside of uh, Minneapolis had gotten killed and his girlfriend started live streaming from inside the car. Oh, the Castile uh, case. The yeah. Castile, Castile, yeah. Yeah. So um, a bunch of these Antifa guys made a beeline straight for me. They started encircling me from behind. Uh, they were led by a guy named Benjamin Carenza. Uh, he is literally twice my size. He literally weighs 400 pounds. He has a lengthy criminal history. He's been in and out of federal prison three times, in and out of numerous county jails. Um, several of the people uh, in tow with him have their uh, anarchist flagpoles, which I've personally seen used as weapons to smash out windows and whatnot. Um, and they start encircling. They start pushing and shoving me, shouting, get the fuck out of here. You need to get the fuck out of here. I'm like, whoa, don't put your hands on me. Don't put your hands on me. And I start backing away because I, I don't want trouble. I'm not there to fight. Obviously, these guys mean business. I'm outnumbered. A bunch of them are bigger than me. So I start backing away. And they start taking step towards me as I'm backing away. I flip my monopod upside down to use that as sort of like a non-lethal intermediary. None of these things deterred the mob from continuing to come after me. And it reaches a point where I'm retreating up the block the whole time. And it reaches a point where this other guy... Uh, named Malcolm Chaddock, who I've also seen uh, causing trouble and committing crimes at protests. Uh, he starts circling around my back. My attention is distracted to my right side here. And Carenza, the big guy who started the whole thing, starts making a run up along my blind side, and I happen to catch him out of the corner of my eye. Now, at that point, I'd used verbal commands. That didn't deter them. I used a non-lethal option. That didn't deter them. I'm trying to retreat from the situation. That didn't deter them. I went through all these different things sort of in the... Um, a use of force sort of checklist that you go through in your head. You know, I'd been through numerous firearms courses, including courses taught by the people who train and certify the police. So at that moment, I had every reason to believe that these guys in a mob mentality were just seconds away from pummeling me into the pavement, robbing me of my camera gear, my computer gear, possibly leaving me further disabled than I already had been because I had two video cameras stolen from me and I was slammed on the pavement the year before. Mm. They could have very easily killed me. They could have gained control of, of my firearm. Uh, it turns out some of them were armed with firearms themselves. So at that point, I drew my gun. And I said, get the hell back. Everybody needs to get the hell away from me. And finally, that was enough to finally stop these guys from coming after me. They all stopped. They got back. They ceased to be threats, and so I reholstered. I was trained to shoot until the threats have been neutralized. In this case, the act of just drawing was enough to neutralize the threats. Thankfully, I I'm glad everybody stopped at that point, and I didn't have to take that next step further. Um, so what you're so describing I is a show of force that worked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, it's and totally self-defense. Yeah. yeah, and for which you, exactly. of course, were legally punished and by the way to listeners uh don't just take his word for it he's got this whole write-up in the gateway pundit go check it out you got all the video evidence in here uh broken down by michael himself this is not just a story you can watch the mob chase him effectively and you can watch everything yeah. happen and uh yeah. and of course you are subsequently arrested after you draw yeah what's weird is there were no police there to begin with, which was really odd for protests in Portland at that point in time. Now it's common for there to be no police presence, but back then it was it was pretty rare. So, um, you know, I'm, I keep backing away, retreating up the block. The police finally show up. You know, I'm the one who's arrested. I'm the one thrown in jail. Um, the DAs are pulling out phony police reports that they're slandering me in front of the media for things that I didn't do relate, relating to completely separate matters. 
Um, I, I'm, I'm eventually found guilty of 21 counts, including 10 felonies of unlawful use of a weapon. So if I, all for not harming a fly. And if I understand correctly, that's because it's basically each person that they say the gun was pointed at. It was, it was because you swept or what? How did they get 10? Yeah. So, so they're claiming there are 10 victims. Okay. And so they found me guilty of one count of unlawful use of a weapon and one count of menacing per victim. Oh, uh, as in the people who started the fight. Right. uh, And along with one overall count of disorderly conduct. Okay. Now, what's interesting here is in the indictment, they don't list a single name of any of these supposed victims. They only list vague descriptions. For example, a man with a black hooded sweatshirt and black pants. In fact, during the trial, only two of these supposed victims ever showed up. That's Carenza, the big guy who started it all, and Chaddock, the guy who served as the distraction coming around my back. Wow, that, that's an interesting legal aspect I haven't thought of, and maybe some of the legal minds in our audience could help us understand. I've not heard of a case where there are charges uh, regarding victims who are unnamed, unidentified yeah. victims for which you are charged. That's one of the many aspects of the appeal, because, of course, mm-hmm. I've appealed this ruling, because, uh, of course, my actions were solely in self-defense. Um, i, I I thought I was acting in line with the self-defense statutes in Oregon, which basically say that you can defend yourself against what you perceive to be unlawful force mm-hmm. or imminent unlawful force from being used against you. Yeah. And I considered what the mob were doing was, was unlawful towards me. So what uh, describe how your case went through the Oregon court system and, and how that was decided. So there was a several pieces of exculpatory evidence that were ruled to be inadmissible during the trial. Um, A lot of that relating to my mindset and again, what I perceived Um, some of it related to, uh, as I stated, the DA's uh, slandering me in front of the media. Uh, We had motioned for a change of venue based primarily on that. And we Mm -hmm. were denied, which basically denied me my right to a fair trial by jury because the entire jury pool was tainted. Um, they allowed for an ambush witness to testify after both sides had rested. Uh, the, uh, we couldn't mention anything about my arm getting shattered the year before when I literally had two cameras stolen from me and I was slammed onto the pavement. The judge said that was irrelevant and, uh, was claiming that does not play into my mindset when I'm staring down an even more precarious situation a year later. Wow. My statements to the detective were ruled to be inadmissible. That's where I was explaining how the mob was coming after me, how I tried to get away from them, how I was in fear for my life from the mob. Why was that? All ruled to be inadmissible. Why was that? Was there an explanation? He says it's hearsay. Wouldn't the detective or the police officer to whom you spoke uh, support that? Or I mean, couldn't you? Isn't there some witness to that? Exactly. So that's what makes this weird. Is usually it's the defense that wants statements to a detective to be inadmissible. Hmm. Because you know, you have a murder confession or, you know, some, you know, confession of armed robbery or something like that, you know, a- after someone had asked for an attorney or something. Yeah, th- those are pretty common in appeals things. But this was completely backwards. I wanted my statements to the detective to be on the right. record. And the prosecutors didn't. Wow. And uh, that's another thing to think about. Uh, obviously, you look at your case and you write about this extensively in your piece. 
you look at this case and it's obviously the second amendment implications are obvious. The self-defense implications are obvious, but all of the other rights that have been compromised in the way this developed for you, your, your due process in terms of uh, how this uh, went through the court system, your right to free speech or just to film in a public place, which was that right was taken away from you. You were banned from doing what was your job at the time. Correct? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, you know, a lot of people look at this case as a Second Amendment self-defense case and rightfully so. But I mean, I contend that it's equally a First Amendment case uh, uh, for two reasons. First of all, does a person have the right to be in a public area filming a public event as part of their job as a news journalist in free exercise of their First Amendment rights to freedom of the press? Or does a gang of thugs have the legal right and lawful authority to use force, threats, intimidation to prevent a person from doing that. Mm. Judge says, yes, by declaring me guilty, the judge is saying that the mob's actions were not unlawful towards me. So everything that we've seen in Portland since this, what happened to Andy No, what's happened to other people on the streets, mob violence is not only legalized, but it's incentivized. Mm -hmm. They've said to, to people, yes, you can be violent, you can attack whoever you want, Not only will you face no consequences, but the person you target will be the one arrested and thrown in jail if they fight back. Mm. And of course, you are now trying. Sorry, go ahead. You say additionally for First Amendment, uh, as you started to get into there, uh, through various different points in time throughout all of this, I have been banned from talking to media, (laughs) going on Twitter, posting videos, blogging, going to political events, filming political events filming anything at the local colleges. Basically, I was banned from engaging in the First Amendment for four years. Man. Uh, and of course, you're trying to appeal this to the Supreme Court. That is the latest development. A couple questions on that front. Uh, first of all, what do you think the likelihood of them hearing the case is? Or what's what's the appeal plan here? And then, um, and then second, uh, how can people support that effort if they want to... Uh, if they want to get in on uh, on this appeal process, well, so the the uh, the state appeals court had upheld the uh, lower court's ruling. Um, again, I, I have videos all on my YouTube channel, uh, YouTube.com/slash Laughing at Liberals, that go into detail on a whole bunch of aspects of the case. Um, you know, catching people lying on the witness stand, catching people lying to the detectives, um, yeah, all the all these different things. Um, so the appeals court upheld the ruling. They only wrote to address what had happened to my arm. It, mm-hmm. Again, they think they're mind readers. They're trying to tell me what I was or was not thinking. Uh, they refused to address all the other issues we brought up in the appeal. Uh, they relied on several erroneous so-called facts in their uh, thing, undisputed facts, they called, which in fact were heavily disputed throughout the trial. Uh, So they denied us a re-review, and then the uh, state Supreme Court uh, denied to hear the case. So now our next step is to take it to the uh, federal Supreme Court. And I I hope that they'll look at all the different aspects of this case, because there's First Amendment aspects, Second Amendment aspects, Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Sixth Amendment, Seventh Amendment aspects, all these due process things involved in this. We're not talking about one tiny little technicality that someone's trying to drill down on. This just covers a wide spectrum of so many different things. Right. 
I like the way that you put it in your article here, reference to the Heller case that established the individual right to uh, to own a gun for self-defense, of course. But you wrote, if the Heller case established an individual's right to own a gun for self-defense, then the Strickland case may very well decide if a person can draw their legally owned and carried firearm in self-defense. And in addition to all the uh, com- all the uh, complications or, or uh, all the other sacrifices of constitutional rights that have been made it, made in this case, I really want people to understand that's at stake here too. You, this is a this is a big chance to get some clarity on a big Second Amendment issue in front of the Supreme Court. And and yeah, and yeah, this sets national standard now, national precedence. And I hope that organizations such as the NRA. Uh, who so far have been pretty silent on my case. I hope they realize the national implications of this. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> have, yeah, you, really. have you heard anything from the NRA? I, you don't have to throw them I've, under the bus, but I, I've, I'm curious. I, I've reached out to them, and um, you know, it, it, maybe now would be a good chance for your viewers to maybe chime in on the NRA's Twitter ca- account and uh, Facebook page and say, hey, you guys should take up the Strickland case. Okay. And, um, and- now, now, what what these organizations can do um, is they can file what's called amicus briefs. Right. And that is where uh, third party uh, organizations or people can submit briefs to the higher courts in support of some of the participants in a case. And of course there have been organizations that have been helpful to you, correct? I want to give them their due credit. Yes. Yes. Oregon firearms federation, uh, very specifically from the get go, they have been behind me 100%. They helped raise the defense funds when I was thrown in jail. Um, when I was legally banned from, from going on radio shows or, or, you know, making Facebook posts about all this, you know, Oregon firearms federation has been there. Uh, Lars Larson has been there. Uh, Victoria Taft, uh, VictoriaTaft.com is another good place for, uh, people to read up about the case. Um, just so many people have helped out and, um, you know, now that this is going national, there's other organizations that I've been talking to as well. Uh, national association for gun rights is interested. I've been chatting with them. Uh, I've been chatting with uh, some of the attorneys for Gun Owners of America. Good. Um, I've reached out to some of these um, free press organizations, see if they're interested. And uh, ironically, I think some of these uh, leftist uh, justice reform organizations wow. should take note well, of this. Well, good for them. Oh, should or are? Should. Oh, they should. No. I've reached out to a couple of them. I was going to say they good have- for them on principle yeah. if they did, but got ahead of myself. Yeah. Right. Because this would affect a lot of their clients, too. Sure. It's involving due process stuff, because I have no doubt that the DAs are using a lot of the shady tactics that were used to go after me. They're doing that to people every day. Sure. If the Supreme Court overturns that, courts can't do that to anyone in the country right. anymore. Yeah. All right. Well, we are out of time. But before we let you go, Michael, I want to make sure people know where they should go if they would like to support your cause. I see in the article here, you got paypal.me slash Strickland Legal Fund. Would that be the best place to yeah. send people? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the legal fund that I use. Uh, again, uh, Strickland Legal Fund at gmail.com on PayPal um, or the paypal.me slash Strickland Legal Fund. Um, uh, if you don't like PayPal, uh, Oregon Firearms Federation has uh, opened up their donations again. Uh, and just make a note in the checkout page that it's for my fund so they know where to uh, send the money to. But I hate sounding like a grifter. I hate trying to I hate begging for money. It's not grifting, nope. man. Our constitutional rights are at stake. And I think people yeah. uh, are going to be very interested in supporting this. I hope they will. I, I certainly know that I am. This is a, this is an important fight. It's not it's not just about self-defense, as you mentioned. It's about effectively your entire Bill of Rights. 
So I hope that people right. will choose to support. Um, but it, before we let you go, anything else you want to uh, anywhere else you want to send people? Um, again, my YouTube channel, uh, laughing at liberals, uh, friends of Michael Strickland on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at laugh at libs. Um, but yeah, like you were just saying there, you know, the more this went on, the more I realized that I'm not just fighting for my rights. I'm fighting for everyone's rights yeah. at this point. And it's mm -hmm. like, like overwhelming, man. I never would have imagined this would ever happen to me, man. Well, I think that's kind of the point is you never know when that sort of moment can strike. And mm -hmm. it happened to get you that day. And, and that's why I hope that, uh, uh, yeah, I hope you're victorious in your, in your legal battle here. I hope people will choose to support you and I wish you all the best. Thank you for making time for us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Thank you. That That's our guest, uh, Michael Strickland. Very much appreciate you making time for us. All the best with the legal battle, and uh, thank you for fighting an important fight. Have a good night. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Michael Strickland for making time for us. I hope he does well, man. Like we were talking about, it's just, it's a situation you never know when that could descend upon you. And I don't yeah. want to live in a country where <laughs> you have to make the decision to defend yourself and have a worst and have a best case outcome. Like he did. You have to draw and guess what? Nobody gets hurt, but you instead become a criminal and all your rights are forfeited effectively. Yeah. I don't want to live in that world. And that's why the Strickland case is so important. So uh, as we learn more information on that one, we will, of course, update the story, but sure will. I just got uh, three quick items for the rest of the night. Maybe we should just uh, do those and then catch up with chat before we call it a night. Sound like a plan? Sounds good. Well, I'm thrilled that uh, Keith Olbermann is back. Of course, God, I can't the circumstances of him leaving. I can't even remember. I thought it was more recent that that we did bits with him, but it, it uh, he actually left in around Thanksgiving 2017. Wow, really? And he went back to ESPN because he's a sportscaster and a political commentator guy. What? He, he went back to ESPN uh, and his contract at ESPN said, you're not allowed to talk politics while you're being an ESPN sports guy, which is weird because they all talk politics anyway. But anyway, whatever. That was Keith's contract. Back in the day, back before he went back to ESPN, 2017, he had this GQ series called The Resistance and we would check in on it all the time. And, uh, and, uh, and it was like a weekly bit on this show. Sorry, I was getting a text. I want to make sure the stream wasn't down or something like that. <laughs> anyway, um, so he, so he would do these pieces each and every week in 2017, we would check in on them and then he quit his last piece. As you can see on your screen here was called Trump is finished. And thus my work is done. <laughs> November, that didn't age well. November 27th, 2017. So here we are three years later and I guess. Uh, Trump's fate has still is still yet to meet him. Who knows? But Keith is back and ESPN let him out of his contract to go talk out of his contract early to go talk politics. So now he's on Twitter and he's all about promoting his new, very similar series. It's not the resistance because that was a GQ property, I guess, but now he's calling it worst person in the world. Daily YouTube uploads 
from Keith Olbermann and his newest <sighs> rant. Uh, he's saying that uh, Trump and AG Bill Barr and Amy Coney Barrett, for some reason, a whole list of other people, they need to be arrested and removed from society. He's this close to calling for the catapult, actually. And um, this that was, horseshoe theory, yeah. <laughs> you and Keith Olbermann are closer than, than you might believe. Yep. But this was fun to put together, not only because I love Keith's rants from an entertainment perspective, but because I actually got to go back on my computer and find the old intro for the Keith Olbermann bits that we used to have. Right. Yeah. Here's a message from the intern desk of the propaganda ministry with Keith Olbermann. And now, with a message from the intern desk of the propaganda ministry, here's Keith Olbermann. Scum! Russian scum! Trump can be, (laughs) and must be, expunged. The hate he has triggered, the Pandora's box he has opened, they will not be so easily destroyed. The terrorist Trump must be defeated, must be destroyed, must be devoured at the ballot box. And then he and his enablers and his supporters and his collaborators and the Mike Lees and the William Barrs and the Sean Hannity's and the Mike Pence's and the Rudy Giuliani's and the Kyle Rittenhouse's and the Amy Coney Barrett's must be prosecuted and convicted and removed from our society while we try to rebuild it and to rebuild the world Trump has nearly destroyed by turning it over to a virus. Even as we dream of a return to reality and safety and the country for which our forefathers died, that the fight is not just to win an election, but to win it by enough to chase, at least for a moment, Trump and the maggots off the stage and then try to clean up what they left. Remember it, even though to remember it means remembering that the fight does not end November 3rd. But in many ways will only begin that day. I was looking on uh, Keith's YouTube channel. He only has 36,000 <laughs> subscribers. So it's a, it's a really? relatively small channel and he's aggressively promoting it on Twitter to, for him, not that great of traffic. I mean, listen, I, I would like to get that much traffic on my tweets if uh, Jack and JJ would allow it, but you know, we operate in the world that we, that we live in. Anyway, I was wondering, Maybe Keith would like to come on this show to promote his uh, new videos. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Maybe. I, I would love he to talk to terrible. him. He looks terrible. Why is he so red? And what's with these jail issue glasses? I don't he know. He looks like a ranting lunatic. I don't know. But I, I found it. Uh, I did found it. Int- I find it. Uh, I did find it interesting. If I can speak. I did find it interesting that he left his left last episode saying, you know, Trump is finished. My work is done. He's now back three years later saying we need to expunge him. I thought the work of expunging him was finished. So that's why you left. Yeah. Didn't really explain. A premature cap. there. But, um, but as I mentioned, the series is called worst person in the world. That's a callback to his old MSNBC show. And, um, uh, and, and just in terms of Twitter promoting this and YouTube promoting this, I'm familiar with many other contexts, this show included in which advocating the catapulting of people you don't like out of the country is frowned upon even gets you on the wrong side of the algorithm. In this case, it is apparently fine. I've heard no uh, terms of service violations for Keith Mm -hmm. Olbermann. Um, uh, But seriously, uh, uh, the seriousness of his argument, what does he even mean when he says Trump turned this country over to a virus? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I guess he's referring to the response to the coronavirus, the initial, I mean, right. It's like to me, viruses granted i know this virus may have escaped from a lab in wuhan we don't really know 
But viruses in general are a part of this world. It's like saying, turn he turned this country over to tornadoes. Yeah. Or yeah. he turned this country over to snakes or something like, yeah, I mean, there are ways you can manage it, but what does turning it over mean? I don't understand. It's a, it's a natural part of the world. You have to manage it. There's no deal that was made with a virus in some back room about killing the, I don't know. I just don't understand what he means. And I do appreciate um, that. I, I do appreciate when he or Nancy Pelosi or anyone like them suddenly become big fans of the forefathers of our founding fathers and act like they're the constitutional loyalists and it's Trump yeah. who's betraying everything. It's like, at yeah, least like you care. At least the fringe leftists are honest in openly hating the founding fathers. At least I know where you're coming from. I, I would love to follow up with yeah. Keith. Uh, tell me what specifically in the founding philosophy you really appreciated. What was the part that you liked the best? <laughs> tell, uh, please elaborate. I'll wait. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and then, um, oh, so it, and uh, he said uh, at the end, the fight actually begins November 3rd. So he's threatening to uh, you know, calling for people to be removed from the country. But remember, the real fight comes November 3rd. I just hope that my matchup is Keith Olbermann. If that's a pretty good draw for Boog Day, if it's like you get into the uh, you get into the pit and it's Keith Olbermann that you have to uh, fight in Civil War Two. I hope that's my draw. Oh man, it really is coming around the bend, though. <laughs> what's next? Hope you're ready. Hope you're prepared. No, November third. I mean, what what's next? What's what's going to happen next? Well, my worry is you're going to see more stuff, more stuff like Denver, more stuff like the Portland shooting, where. And again, the yeah. Denver facts are fuzzy. So as we understand it now, if it was politically involved, but we'll refer back to the uh, to the Portland shooting where you just have armed factions assassinating each other, just shooting each other for their perceived political allegiance. That I'm is, surprised that there's not more of that going on, to be totally honest. I, We've had what, like a month since the last one? I think we will see more. And I, I say that regrettably, of course. But, but uh, this doesn't it doesn't feel like peak protest either. Hmm. Well, it's going to get insane. Uh Less than a with month Amy, from now. Tony Barrett. Well, too. with that too. Yeah, that's starting tomorrow. So I hope we get a reenactment of, remember when they were like walking dead, clawing at the doors of the Supreme Court with the Kavanaugh uh, nomination yeah. and confirmation. I hope we get more scenes like that. But what's what has me freaked out, as we mentioned in weeks prior, really seems like they're just laying down for the Barrett confirmation. Yeah. Like they don't yeah. care. They haven't brought out any big guns yet. Like, oh, she's Catholic and really serious about it. Okay. I don't know. I think that they realize it would reflect poorly on them. So they're just, they're going to pick their fight later. They're going to let this one go and pick something else later. Yeah. I think it would hurt them at the polls to attack a woman with seven children. Hmm. We'll see. We will see. I will, uh, before we get out of here, I got to update a couple hoax hate cases. Uh, a few weeks ago, remember this one in Warren, Michigan? I have the picture of the truck, but it was a black family with a Black Lives Matter sign in their window. And it looked like the classic case. Oh, I put up my sign and then someone came with a Sharpie and wrote like, yeah. you're not welcome with a swastika on my truck. And then the case escalated a little bit because somebody actually shot a shot around through their window from outside. But they had that weird security footage, right? Yes. And then this surveillance image came out, looked like a guy in a ninja suit with a gun. Yes. And you're thinking, okay, either this is a next level hoax where they hired help. We or... landed on true, didn't we? I can't remember what we said. This was like three or four weeks ago. So we sh I should have gone back and evaluated. But we were kind of we couldn't figure out what was going on here. Either it was a next level hoax or it was legit. Right. And uh, it looks like it was legit the, yeah, it, to the okay. extent they have a guy in custody. So uh, 
24-year-old Michael Frederick Jr. This is Warren, Michigan again. He was arrested in this case. During his first court appearance, he asked for forgiveness. He faces felony charges, including ethnic intimidation and firing a gun into a building. He leaves that's a charge, real charge. I guess ethnic intimidation <laughs> in Michigan. That's that's against the law. So you better hope. I guess you can't move to Michigan. Is the conclusion there? Uh, Frederick lives in the same neighborhood as the black uh, this black family with his father. He confessed upon arrest, according to police. Frederick is scheduled back in court this week. So. Uh, yeah, gotta gotta update Crazy. these stories where they are real, and this one looks real as of right now. Every one hundredth story turns out to be to be real. Yeah. So then, uh, this case last week we had the case of Althea Bernstein. Remember her? She was the multiracial girl in Madison, Wisconsin. She claimed she was doused with lighter fluid and set on fire at a Madison intersection in June. Well, as, what is she? Black and white? I think she's black. It's black and Jewish. Yeah, black and is the. I don't know how many races are crammed in there, but she's multiracial. That's what she said. I wonder what her parents look like. Let's see if I can find out. <laughs> go, go Googling. We'll see what we're dealing with. Well, shockingly, as we discussed last week, investigators found no evidence of the attack. In fact, all available evidence said the attack never happened. Now, I, the reason I returned to the case is we were wondering what actually caused the burns on her face, which were real. Mm. She went to the hospital with actual burns and she was she was uh, treated well, thanks to a few email contributors, we have some additional relevant information to which I was unaware. So thanks to the uh, email contributors. What do you, Ugh. you found the pictures? Oh, her father is a hideous Jewish man. Oh, well, what about her mom? I'm looking. She <laughs> must be black, I you, assume. You found, the, you found the dad with no mom? <laughs> are, they, are they separate or what? No, I just, uh, I found a blog that she wrote about her father. Maybe he was in on yeah. the hoax or maybe he was uh, maybe maybe, he, maybe was, he burned her. Maybe he was in on the arson. This is the link. OK, so this this is what else happened that night in Madison. Again, thanks to emailers who sent me this information. Uh, so the same night, coincidentally, that Bernstein says she was attacked. She was there was rioting in in Madison. Now, to be fair, we don't we can't place her at the scene of this crime. At least we don't have any proof. But. There were toppled statues and they attempted to set fire to the city to the city county building using wait for it lighter fluid. That, <laughs> that's what happened that night. The ATF was still investigating when this story broke in June. Now, it does uh, seem we awfully be rich. We gone be awfully rich. coincidental that there was an attempted yeah. arson the same night that this uh, chick uh, chick claims she got set on fire. Also coincidental that the two sites are a half mile apart. So on the bottom oh. right of your screen is where the city council, uh, city county building is in Madison on Carroll Street. And then on the left side of the screen is the intersection of Gorham Street and State Street. Mm -hmm. And that's around the location. She says that she was attacked. So we know that she was in the general area when this happened. That's also highly coincidental. Now, I would bet money that she was involved in additional crime beyond her false police report obviously that that crime being attempted arson so she's at the scene of the arson she gets burned she has to create a story about why she got burned to give to the hospital where she needs treatment potentially to give to her parents who knows to give to whoever and she concocts this story about how white men in maga hats and hawaiian shirts doused her with lighter fluid at an intersection and threw a lighter into the car, which burned only her face and none of the car. She, she didn't have to lie to her parents about this. Her dad has been reading her rules for radicals since she was like <laughs> four years old. Um, I don't know. Maybe that sounds like a somewhat 
feasible story. I guarantee she has some involvement with the arson. That seems because even the burns on her face, they it looks like they're sort of spotted, you know, like, lo- like they're liquid, very localized. Maybe, yeah. They're very localized. It's not as though she put her face into a flame and it's not as though she burned herself with a hot iron or something like that. I don't know. That's what I thought. Maybe, you know, Megan Markle called her to like talk oh about my this. God. And then the headline, we, I don't think we talked about it at the time. This is from people. Megan Markle called Althea Bernstein after 18 year old was set on fire yeah. in alleged hate crime. Oh, set on fire. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Something mm. like that. Yeah. I mean, All right. That, that so, aged really well. Megan Merkel, like an, a literal duchess. Like, <laughs> I'm so oppressed. Let's talk about her oppression. Half Jewish girl that accidentally lit yourself on fire in a protest. Yeah. Well, Moron. we'll probably never get an answer on this story, unfortunately. I think we did. I think we did. It seems highly plausible, but an official answer, at least. Lastly, before we get out of here, I do have some surprise cringe for you. You may have seen this clip circulating this week. It was widely published, but in case not, here's the cringe. I'm naked. I'm completely butt-ass naked. I saw I'm naked. naked. I'm like naked. There isn't a man behind me. These are my hands. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, so Ruffalo, um, put your clothes on. To be honest, I wish I could cover my hands with my boobs, but here we are. I'm here to talk to you about voting. Did you know that ballots could be naked? And if you don't do exactly what I tell you, your ballot could get thrown out. This is uh, my ballot. Just got it. I got to get my ballot to the mother post office. Let's go. Please vote. Take your clothes off and vote. Vote, vote, vote. Everyone's voice matters in this election. Please vote. America needs you. Uh, your Why thoughts. is it always the usual suspects? Like, <laughs> how many times do I have to see Chelsea Handler's saggy ass tits? And uh, and Amy Schumer. Yeah, yeah, the celebrities to whom you haven't paid attention for five minutes, they're all back at it. And why is it always like the, the least attractive people that want to get naked? Yeah. <laughs> you wonder how much persuading actually had to be done. Like, did whoever called them and proposed this idea, did you really have to sell it? Or they just say, yeah, sure. That sounds awesome. I'll do Amy that. Schumer was like, I've been naked all day. I'm even sure. <laughs> well, that's cool. of course, these are celebrities going nude for a PSA on naked ballots. And that's at least this, the purported relevance here. They're trying to teach you about so-called naked ballots and how to avoid them. So in many states, including mine, actually, you have to put your uh, ballot into a secrecy envelope and then the mailing envelope. So there are two. If you don't uh, put it in the secrecy envelope first, that's called a naked ballot and it will be rejected. Now, um, not a lot of people were persuaded by the message. The ratio that I saw on YouTube prior to the start of the stream was 1.3K likes, which is way too high, and 5.4K dislikes. So not even the worst ratio I've seen. The worst part is actually that I, I watched this on Twitter originally and I was like, all right, I got to scroll through the replies and see what's going on here. And of course, a lot of the replies were people saying, since I know you're curious with topless pictures of Sarah Silverman. So indirectly, I ended up seeing what they look like. And um, I, you know, I, not not particularly impressed. Mm, now I have to look. <laughs> now I do know. And uh, if you're in the audience and you want to know, the photos are out there. Unless they're fake, but they looked pretty... The photos, I should say. The photos looked pretty real to me. And if you're going to Photoshop things, I don't know why you'd Photoshop that. Anyway. Oh. Yeah, not not great. Huh. <laughs> All right. We'll call it a show. Let's uh, let's catch up with uh, with chat. 
uh, over on DLive, Tatiana F., thank you for supporting the show. Much appreciated. You're still looking? I, I don't Some of these aren't real. Oh, they're fake? Well, she did like a nude scene in a movie. Oh, I haven't seen that. Okay, no, I have to. No, this not, this ends here. <laughs> Good. Uh, over on Streamlabs, Redica says, "How is objective reasonableness not a factor in the Strickland case? If Graham v. Connor applies to cops, how doesn't it apply to him? I would consider all aspects reasonable in the face of a murderous mob. I also say shame on the prosecution. This is a tragedy. It is a terrible case, and I I wish I could talk to the prosecution and say, um, especially in light of like the face kicker case." What what do you think Michael Strickland should have done? Should he have just yeah. allowed them to beat his face in? Well, that would have been the peaceful thing to do. Is that okay? Uh, Phil says Keith forgets that we aren't locked in here with him. He's locked in here with us. <laughs> yeah, I suppose <laughs> we'll we'll see how that goes. Come November third in his big war, he's talking about. Crypto Crook says. Uh, Matt, uh, by the way, have you heard that the NBA backed out on political messaging after they realized that perhaps the Marxist nonsense they promoted ex- uh, and extremely low ratings may be connected? No Black Lives Matter for basketball Americans, it seems. I didn't hear that they backed out. I'm not a big NBA guy anyway, but I know the ratings for the finals right now were tanking. They were down like 60 plus percent. And so yeah. I hope um, I I enjoy sports, obviously, if they go back to just a non-political thing that everybody can enjoy. Yeah, I'll get, I'll, I'll watch again because I enjoy it. But uh, yeah, I hope they're taking notice. I, I really do. And I hope the NFL takes notice too. And baseball, all of them. Nobody wants politics in their sports. Nobody. We're good over on uh, Streamlabs. Sure. Um, I bought PN says, how about some of that sweet, sweet sanity safe space? We're trying. Thank, Thank you, you, man. John Bound says Lincoln Project was featured on 60 Minutes tonight. Uh, Rick Wilson looked like a fucked up little garden gnome as usual. <laughs> Interesting. They didn't touch on their fraudulent use of funds at all. Oh, I didn't know mm-hmm. what's the fraud allegation with them. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I just know they're a bunch of like never Trumpers who are really annoying on Twitter, but I don't know that much. <laughs> beyond, and George Conway is involved too, right? But uh, Stellar J. Atkins says the Titanic voyage was mostly peaceful. That's true. Uh, mostly mostly success. Mostly floating. Mostly too. successful. Yeah, yeah. it did spend most of the time floating. Yeah, the iceberg was just a tiny bit of the ocean. Are there any good Titanic conspiracy minority. theories? I should look into that. I don't know. I got it. I bet those are good. They got to be out there. Def Vent says top five Halloween costume picks: five Tiger King and Carol Baskin; four Ken and Karen McClaskey; three. Kyle and a shot bicep to RBG and the grim reaper. <laughs> <laughs> That's a spicy one. Continued in part two. Well, we'll be back for that one. Uh, boogeyman 917 says, I doubt it. Thank you. Holden Mulray. I know you joke about duct tape, but sincere compliments to the production quality of the show. I know it takes persistent attention and sacrifice. Enjoy the well-deserved time off. God bless you both. That's all scared. Oh, well, thanks. It's uh, yeah. I, you know, I tried to do my best and we have our, mistakes here and there but you go back and look at the original version like the original streams of the show which you should never do and you can see there's been you know there's good improvement and if i can get some production assistance in the new year uh maybe we can do some more things even yeah polaris 589 get out of the chat and onto the show karen (laughs) strawn dude we've been trying to get karen strawn on the show for like three years Probably. probably it's it's been a long time she of course has an open invitation to the show she's always in the chat She's always in the comments and we email each other sometimes. But so I, I know 
Karen Strawn. I don't like to drag or harass either. You know, not everybody wants to go on a stream for whatever, for any number of reasons. So we, of course. Oh, I'll harass the shit out of her. Not my side. Keep harassing her. But we appreciate her hanging out nonetheless. Um, White Knight Leo says the new station in Colorado is going to get fucked with a cactus. The guard was unlicensed. They hired an unlicensed Antifa member who committed murder on the job. Yeah. Also, who flipped or uh, who has flipped on lockdowns? Yes, I have. I got to look at that. Is did that just come out recently? Because I haven't seen anything about that. Must have. Yeah. Um, Blackwing 02 says the mainstream media is so morally bankrupt. I will not I will not be surprised when they start saying 9-11 was mostly peaceful. <laughs> Stellar J. Atkins, uh, watch Academic Agent's new video, Interesting Perspective on Yuri Bezmanov. I always mm. say Bresmanov for some reason. Um, okay. Def Vent, the, the continuation of his Halloween costumes. Part two, gender-swapped VPs, blonde as Pence with a fly in her head, and Matt as Kamala in cough, brown face cough. Uh, no. It's a win-win. Either Matt gets his hippies or people won't be mad because now he's trying to <laughs> That could be my defense. I've done the transgender thing twice now. Two times. Well, I did Macho Man Tranny Savage last year. Right. And then we did. We went as each other. The first first year, year. which was pretty fun. That was our most successful costume because you still had a beard. That was pretty fun. I still had the beard last year, but I was supposed to be male, I guess. I I don't know. (laughs) Um, As I've mentioned, I I mean, I want to do the bicep wound. That doesn't mean that you have to be Kyle Rittenhouse, but I definitely want to do the bicep wound. Yeah. Okay. So we'll have we'll to figure, figure it out. out. And I already bought the, uh, I already bought his paramedic outfit thing. His, his stupid well, paramedic hat and all that. We did just get an AR. So show it off on the show. Yeah. Assuming Susan, assume, assuming it will please Susan. Who knows? Um, incompetent hand says, I know you talked about the mask, but did you see DeSantis made it a felony to block traffic and the driver is not liable for injury or death if fleeing? I should start a lefty roadkill removal business. Wow. That's fantastic. Good for him. Yeah. DeSantis, uh, DeSantis is, I- I'm impressed by him throughout this. He's making a lot of good decisions and I like the guy and remember he barely beat, um, what was the Andrew Gillum? And so you might have Andrew Andrew Gillum meth orgy guy as the governor of Florida, how things might be different there. If that was the case. Um, Chris M says regarding a generation of hypochondriacs at a wedding, a lady told me her college daughter and friends get tested two to three times a week since they found a free testing site, probably pumping someone's numbers. up. Sigh. That's so stupid. It's like, if you get it, you're going to be fine. Just everybody stop living in fear. Yeah. Well, you can't even say that. I mean, Trump got ripped up and down for delivering a message of hope after coming out of the hospital. You can't express hope. Everyone has to cower in fear and live a hopeless life. I mean, that was generally that was genuinely a controversy. Sinek 8 says not a security guard. He doesn't work for Pinkerton. Never worked there. He he does. He did. They came out and said that um, they hired him. Pinkerton is a security firm or what is Pinkerton? Uh, I was under the impression that that was who they were outsourcing their security to okay. before. But, but the yeah. News 9 has said, yeah, he, he was under yeah, contract said, with us. Yeah. Unless they are uh, lying for some reason. I don't know why on earth they would take that fall unless they knew that people were going to find out anyway. There is, uh, there's enough weirdness in this story. I reserve the right uh, to adjust my uh, opinion later. But yeah, I, who knows? There's enough twists and turns that I wouldn't be surprised by anything either. Dennis Tomlinson says, Chris Christie recovered from the plague. The crisis is officially over. <laughs> yeah. This is so ridiculous. I think that the best thing for the country right now is for Trump to get coronavirus. 
Well, uh, it's been a boost for morale and everybody can see that this is not what they expected it to be. He hardly even got sick. If a guy of Trump's age and Trump's girth can defeat the virus in three or four days, it's not that it's not that big of a deal to the vast majority of people. Again, if you're one of the people who might be vulnerable, of course, I would want those people to protect themselves. But let's not shut down society if it doesn't take down the 74 year old McDonald's guzzler. McDonald's. Uh, Stellar J. Atkins. Martina Marcota on Instagram is the best pictures and video clips on Denver shooting that I have seen so far. She has a racy Instagram. It's really racy. I don't even know who that is. I don't know the name. She's like a right wing burlesque chick. She's really pretty. Hmm. By the way, this is a perfect time for me to get my Instagram out there. I am on Instagram. I do a lot of mom content on Instagram. I'm blonde underscore beast one. Check Great out. story. Is there a football game going on right now? Uh, the Seahawks Vikings game is on. Yeah. Oh, I'm hearing some sports noises from my husband downstairs. Oh, I was oh, say, you're missing that. I'm sorry. It's possible the fiance is watching that game too. I don't know. I just heard him go. Oh, uh, Darren says um, to give some perspective, 2.8 million Americans die on average every single year. Every death is tragic, but it needs to be accepted as a part of life. 200,000 and counting excess deaths is nothing in the grand scheme of life. I, I'm inclined to agree with you. Well, I'd be surprised if we end the year with 200,000 excess deaths. We'll have to see what that number comes out to be. But the question for a lot of these coronavirus deaths is, were they deaths that would not have happened but for the virus? I think in a lot of cases, no. Coronavirus was present, but it was not the determining factor of death. And we'll never know. I mean, yeah, ever. If you have terminal cancer and you get coronavirus, I'm sorry, that's not a coronavirus death, at least in cause. Yeah. Um, Daniel Kunkel says the website Citizen Free Press has a headline titled Denver Killer Matt Doloff is Registered Democrat Socialist 100% Antifa. Wow. <laughs> With photos. The media is trying to cover the Antifa link. I figured as much. That's, that's always how this goes. Uh, Synac 8. Also, you can find the video on Memeology, Memeology, um, Alt Channel, M101 News. Mm. Okie dokie. Greyhawk the Angry. The victim was wearing a boonie hat. Not a bucket hat. All right. I accept the uh, I accept the correction. Thank you for that. You are fake news. Uh, Downskated said we already experienced a major cultural shift that Blonde talks about in the 1800s with the emergence and misunderstandings of germ theory. The fears of the unknown are far worse than the known. That is so true. What you don't know or the uncertainty is so much worse than the certainty. Hmm. Or, you know, you know what I mean? Um, The Dying Light of the West says a big donation. Thank you. A warm body democracy in which every adult may vote and all votes count equally has no internal feedback for self-correction. It depends solely on the wisdom of and self-restraint of citizens, which is opposed by the folly and lack of self-restraint of other citizens. Mm. I wonder if this is high. I am not going to be niggardly. That's an interesting term. Warm body democracy. I'll have to remember that. Yeah. Evil Zombie Toe says, uh, there's been a lot of talk of President Trump activating the National Guard. Per the Constitution, the ability is the purview of the state's governor, with very few exceptions. Yeah. Per the Constitution, yeah, yeah. Um, do you have anything to open? About no, I that? don't. Um, but yeah, I, I, Trump, of course, commands the military. But any sort of domestic deployment of the military, God, I, I guess he has the authority to do that. But you'd have to think that would be done very carefully. <laughs> Yeah, like if you're sending in especially now the army or the Marine Corps to go take care of a problem area in the United States, that's very dicey uh, politically, to say the least. <laughs> Halesburg says the left has been infecting DA's offices nationwide. 
My California friends are saying people are getting dismissed for being impartial. Pay hmm. attention to who is serving jury duty in your area. That's an interesting. I, I wonder if, it, if there's an easy. I guess you can't really monitor that, right? That's that's private by nature. You can't get that right. information, as far as I understand. But yeah, we've seen you talk about the Strickland case. You talk about what's going on with the McCloskeys. Uh, take your pick. It's all of these politically motivated and politically acting DAs, prosecutors mm -hmm. across the country. <laughs> and um, yeah, they're effectively deciding which crimes they want to enforce and against uh, against whom or which laws they want to enforce and against whom. It's bad. It's a bad time for uh, equal application of the law in this country. Doesn't matter. I, too, worked as a security guard in Denver for three years. Contracts matter as much as licenses to operate as such. Hmm. The question of life or limb seems not to be imminent. Therefore, shooter is act. Yeah, I uh, I don't as I understand the facts right now, as someone who I mean, in general, I want to stick up for people defending themselves, whether I agree with them politically or not. I just don't see as the evidence stands right now, a defense case for the shooter. If the yeah. guy is. You can't instigate, you can't, uh, you can't instigate or initiate the contact with the person as it appears he did. Then have the guy back off, then shoot the guy after he's backed off. There's no, there, there's just no, there's no argument to be made on that one. You've, you were the aggressor period. Yeah, Again, exactly. if new information comes out, we'll adjust. I'll link to the party seven. If you were playing the clip of the shooting without pausing it, you can hear the round chambered before OC is deployed. Mm. Also, a lot of DAs will overcharge initially, then revise them later. We have seen this before. Okay. Um, he, so, okay. So make sure I understand. Hear the round chamber before the spray is deployed. So that would suggest he drew, racked it, and then the, and guy, then sprayed the guy sprayed after he racked it. Which would be consistent with the stills. We I mean, if someone, if someone draws a gun on me and racks it, I'm taking that as a threat. Yeah. I'm going to spray him too, or I'm going to get the hell out of there. One of the two. But that to me, I mean, that's, that's an act of aggression especially if he points it too. And we know he pointed eventually because he shot him. NPC 69, uh, 420 says, Hey team, love your show. Messaging from New Zealand to all the Kiwis out there. Remember mega make Ardern <laughs> go away. Vote blue this week. Not that blue. The other blue now uh, vote new conservative. Mm. Well, good luck. Um, good luck in freeing yeah, yourself but... from her, her tyranny. Michael Prada for right wingers. If you're going to do war, then practice guerrilla tactics to defeat the establishment. Mm. Defensively. Defensively. Um, Perrin Besh says, yo, Matt blonde, Kansas city just had a massive Trump truck parade and we're organizing a new meetup aim for before the election. Just thought y'all would like to know. Oh, well, That's good. Sweet. Yeah. If, and if you, if it happens, send us pictures I'd like to see it. Good luck. Jack DDSN FDR threatened uh, court packing to push through all his welfare programs in the 30. Yes. And then Ruth Bader Ginsburg famously said that that was a fatal error and that no Democrat should ever pack the court yeah. because it obscures impartiality. Um, so, you know, even RBG was like, don't do this. Don't do this. It's going to destroy Democrats. Well, that wasn't a dying wish. That was just a regular wish. So that, that doesn't right. count. Only the dying. It doesn't one. count. Only the dying. Wish. Yeah. Alexandria Hawk says, yep, Perrin Besh, Casey, Casey area meetup coming soon. Anyone else interested? Reach out for deets and on Discord. Great. Uh, awesome. Um, nuke the ice cap. So I'll listen tomorrow early, really early morning for me up at 4 a.m. Oh, wow. Keep on keeping on a couple of bucks because I support what you do. Thank oh, well, you so thanks. much. Well, thanks and good luck at work, man. That's dedication. Getting Whitey on early. the moon. I know. Whitey on the moon says, if freedom is short of weapons uh, institutions, we must compensate with willpower. This mm. is a quote. I don't know who it is attributed to, to whom it is attributed. 
Um, Mr. Sudo said, just wanted to wish Pablo Montgomery from Tucson, Arizona, a happy belated birthday. Keep fight, fighting that depression. We love you so much. We love you too, Mr. Pablo. All the best to reload. Pablo. And thank you for supporting the show, Mr. Sudos. I'm reloading it. It's going to take a uh, Steve N says, how do we get a message to Trump to tell him to just respond to every question with, I'll tell you after the election. It seems so <laughs> obvious. And more importantly, it seems so Trump. Well, he does have a talent for de- dropping those lines in when they're really funny. Remember when he got called out on the masks and he said, no, 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 this is a peaceful protest. It doesn't matter. It's uh, it's exempt from New Jersey rules. You, <laughs> I think you're right that it, Trump would be wise to do that just to illustrate the point. And maybe he will. It would be really funny. Yeah, this is Steve N. How do we get him? Oh, I just read that. Or you just read that. Uh, Laurel says, how do you envision a country, the country one year from now? Ugh. Oh, God. Well, I don't think it's going to be much better. I think we're going to have serious economic consequences by then, like probably housing market collapse, university bubble breaks. I think there's going to be a significant amount of inflation by then. I think the country is going to be more divided and there's going to be large scale retreat from the cities, pretty much the direction that we're going in right now. I think it might slow down a little bit, but we're going to be deep into Well, the the word that I would expect to use in 2021 is uncertainty over everything else. It's not that a year from now is a long way off, especially if I forecast that 2021 is going to be an uncertain year. Do I think that we're going to be having like civil war style battles? No, not really. But I think that I think the election is going to be so disputed. And I think that people are going to come out of that so hostile with each other and the other side, quote unquote, that we're going to see all sorts of meddling, not like shooting each other in the streets, although there's been some of that, but just meddling with each other financially or socially, or just an escalation of cancel culture type stuff. And what does that mean? It means that everybody's hesitant to, it's just, everything is uncertain. Whether that means you want to make an investment, you want to start a company, you want to take out a loan, build something, whatever. It's just, I just think it's going to be a very uncertain, scary time where everyone just kind of locks down looking for a little bit of peace and stability. But there's a lot of powers that be that are uh, trying to trying to maintain the chaos. So I I would just encourage everybody. Again, I don't want to be doom and gloom. I know sometimes people think it's too black pilled on this show. Listen, I, I think that the values of this country are still and are always worth fighting for. And I intend to do that as long as I can. That said, I do operate with a um, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst type attitude. And I do think everybody should be prepared to take care of yourself for X amount of time off the grid or away from whatever supply chains you have. Just make sure you're good for at least a few days time, because I think we could see some of those situations. Yeah. Um, let's see. Congratulations, Hal Edwards. Congratulations, Matt and Bride. I wish you both great happiness. Well, thank you. Fake name McGee. I went ahead and donated to Lauren Chen and then posted it to the Donald dot Thank you so much. Hope things turn out well for the backup co-host. <laughs> Me too. I really hope that, that, uh, her father recovers. Yeah, um, we should, uh, we should have a chat with her sometime soon. It's been a long time. So it'd be nice to, uh, to hear from her. Yep. President Meg Thomas says, I just heard Pelosi promise to resign. If Trump is reelected, I don't believe it. No. But wouldn't that be super awesome? I got to oh, hear yeah, that. We'll she must've been joking or something. Tomato, tomato. The honey badger issue is complicated and dumb. Mr. Guns and Gear did a breakdown and the letter didn't even come uh, from the ATF officially. 
came from a field agent who has no power in declaring such. Things. And this is why people are theorizing that the quote unquote deep state within the ATF is behind this. It, it, it's true that it came <laughs> from an atypical place or someone whose job it is not to make these sort of this sort of sweeping decision. Again, this is the gun reclassification that we were hearing about earlier. So the theory is that some rogue agent in Boston decided to go after this Massachusetts or the New Hampshire, I think. Anyway, a, a gun manufacturer Q in that jurisdiction and meddle with them under the hope that it would make gun guys pissed at Trump because this is Trump's ATF. Whether it was a rogue agent or whether it was a legitimate decision from the ATF, I do think it is a decision of such consequence and such importance, not only to the rule of law in this country, but politically to Trump's base, that he should come out and clarify. He should say yeah. something about it. But at the end of the day, I just don't think Trump cares about guns that much. He's kind of warm to them because it's politically yeah. convenient, but he's a New York dude. He doesn't care about whether your stupid AR is a pistol or a rifle. And he doesn't care if you know, this is the do, take the guns first, due process second kind of kind Yeah, of And I guarantee he's not firearms proficient. No, although um, Don Jr. cares a lot and Don Jr. is pretty good on a lot of these issues. I think Eric Trump is as well. So maybe maybe the path is through his sons. Someone's got to talk to him about this because it's not just your gun rights. It's your property rights. The second right. the government can reclassify your property and say it's subject to seizure or you're a felon simply for owning it, even though it was legal for you to have yesterday. That is a uh, precedent that nobody wants for any property, guns or otherwise. Grant Evans says, if you translate horrible from English to finish, the translation is Kamal. <laughs> no joke. I heard that. Long Dong John says, no, Matt, don't leave us with no stream next Sunday. Surely we can get a co-host to sub in Frank Stick, Sargon, Del, Phil from Streamlabs. <laughs> nobody can run the show except for Matt. That's true. It's a, it's a technical thing. Um, I mean, we, to, to run the show the same way can't really yeah. happen. I mean, you, we could you can you can do a stream if you want, but it just it can't be the same. No nope yeah i i don't even know if i remember how to do, i used to live stream on my channel i don't remember how to do it honestly you gotta click the buttons it, in the right way and of course susan has as we mentioned screwed the back end so hard that it's much screwed more screwed the back end yep. uh does it matter to my favorite cock boy mac <laughs> this is a big donation so i'm gonna keep reading this many congrats to you and your new overlord mrs christensen you've been my sandy safe space since episode zero wow blonde you're my outlet for the hatred i'd love to give but I cuck cuck. Yeah. Okay. I cuck as much as Matt doing this for the sounder. Oh, he's doing this. You can't say cuck in there. I guess not, but he's doing it. For I the, am not going to be niggardly for the Bernie sounder. Thanks for supporting the show, man. Ah, gotcha. Jonathan Herbert. Damn. YouTube keeps forcing me to edit my original comment. So I guess I'll go here instead. Don't know if you heard, but Greta Thunberg officially endorsed Joe Biden. Cause I give a shit. Um, <laughs> not surprisingly considering they probably used to date. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. It's Greta, Greta Thunberg. Don't forget. Greta, Greta Thunberg. Alex Johnson, congrats, Matt. My now wife and I had a friend marry us on our original date, which is great because we had to reschedule and now cancel our plans due to travel restrictions. Oh, my gosh. The honeymoon. God. Well, all, all the best <sighs> to you guys. And, of course, that's the that's the goal at the end of the day. You know, through all the bullshit and all the festivities that you try to make happen and all the obstacles and all fights between people or whatever at the end of the day you just want to be married and i i know come saturday night around like seven o'clock when we're sitting at the dinner and it's all done and i'm just watching friends and family hang out not wearing masks eating good food drinking good drinks it's going to be a big uh it's going to be a big moment in my life and in some ways i feel like it's not that i'm not an adult now i have plenty of responsibility but to me this and having a child are like the last uh things to cross in terms of like that threshold into adulthood 
So uh, I used to have a lot of hesitation about it and wonder, like, is that really for me? As you've probably known in the over the course of our relationship, I go into this with absolutely no hesitation or no doubt whatsoever. Like, I want to be yeah. married. I want the rings on the fingers. I want a kid. I want all of it. I want to experience everything that adulthood uh, has to offer. So I look forward to it. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, 2A Education says the algorithm. Hi, Susan. Shout out to this show and Phoenix Ammunition. Phoenix Ammunition. Did we give credit to the, to his breakdown today? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I went. That's the graphic that I showed, and of course, that's where I found it. Um, and I don't know if he, I don't know if Justin over at Phoenix made it or if he just shared it, but it's probably the best. It was very helpful. Probably yeah. the best photo breakdown that I've seen. It right down to the Argyle socks. That was part of that breakdown. Did you know the shooter was wearing Argyle socks? Which I will defend. Argyle's fantastic. I did. I saw you in the thread saying, "Don't hate on Argyle." Though. Yeah, Argyle is fantastic. I I say that unironically. It's great. Richard Enormous. Shout out to Radio X Quebec. Quebec. Uh, the only ones to publicly denounce lockdowns. If you speak French, give them a listen. There is a smear campaign against them in Facebook and their page. Wow, man. Well, speaking of French, I, I heard that JF quit in the live chat is that true can somebody let me know if that's if you guys are just pulling my leg hmm. uh salt and soy sauce says thanks for putting my song on your community page i can't believe i used to like that psychopath keith olberman keith olberman um he sounds like he's chewing on mothballs ick i'd yeah. watched I, I had uh, watched his show in my lefty days for sure truth be told i actually think he has kind of a good voice i do i think he's a Ugh. crazy person but i sort of weirdly enough i kind of like his presentation style not what he's saying it but his style of saying it I know that's weird. Dude, he's a madman. Yeah, but I kind of like that. I can't explain it. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, Jitter says, hello, friends. Thanks to you both and other warriors of truth for continuing to bring us the truth. I truly believe you all are doing a great service to our community by keeping us informed. Loving it. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. I'm going to read this even though it's below the limit because this guy's just wrong. Hayden R says, Blonde, what songs are good to start listening to Tool? I listened to Sober and it sucked. You get out of town <laughs> with that. I don't know. Just listen to Undertow from the beginning yeah. to the end. It's, that's madness. Diana C says, Blonde, I am fat. I am a woman. I like your show. You hurt my feelings every time you talk about your hatred of fat people. I pray your daughter does not have a weight problem. I pray for you too. This is... Uh, I don't want to insult somebody that just gave me money, but like, like, come on, lady. I clearly don't care about offending people. It's my whole shtick. Um, and you know, I used to be kind of fat. And when I was fat, it was because I was drinking alcohol all the time. All the time, I wasn't exercising. And um, I was eating just garbage. As soon as I cleaned up my life, poof, no longer fat. How much of your fatness can you truly look and look deep in your heart? How much of your fatness is truly attributed to a hereditary condition? Really, evaluate for yourself because I bet it's not as much as you think it is. And as such, my daughter, not going to be fat. I married a thin man. And I have a good, healthy lifestyle, so she's not going to be fat. She I mean, is going to be an obese, transgender, Muslim, amputee, queen of the intersectionality. I can't wait. I don't know why this pisses me off. The, the, the thing that pisses me off the most about this, though, is I pray for you. Well, That's as, so smug. As though you've committed a, a moral wrong, I suppose. Well, we appreciate the, sh the support for the show, Diana. I, I, what, but here's what I would say. If everybody had a personal veto on who is or is not insulted on this show, there's nothing to talk about. There's nothing left to talk about at all. And I know that you might not like jokes or dislike expressed about certain traits like fatness or anything else. Guess what? There's somebody next door who doesn't like dislike or jokes about um, about Muslims. other things. And yeah. it's up to you. It, it, you know, if the show's not for you, it's not for you. That's fine. But we're 
at the end of the day, we're not catering our message, hoping to appeal or not offend or that's not what this show is. So I, I appreciate and Skag also used to be fat. Um, <laughs> we both used to be fat. Define fat. I definitely lost like 30 to 35 pounds, though. Yeah. Well, me too. Yeah. And when I was pregnant, I got up to 170. 170 that is pretty pounds. big. That's a big bitch. Right I was like there. 230, 235 <laughs> at my heaviest. And now, yeah, I'm, now I'm like a little over 200. That's how much my husband weighs. And he's like six five or something you know like so he's yeah you know we were we were chunky we both of us were a little a little fat and it was lifestyle stuff yeah um 2a education says are you looking forward to the possibility of doing a future gretchen hoax hate story (laughs) well people did email me like i said saying this needs to be the hoax hate of the week i can't go as far based on the evidence that's presented or at least the timeline and the affidavit which is sworn and you know holds uh legal power if they're lying on it I can't go as far as to say that that is all fake. It looks like this group was organized at some level and probably had some sketchy things to say. That said, are they any sketchier than the shits that's in our discord server? No, I bet not. I bet if an FBI agent went and did that, I'm just going to shut up right now. Actually don't. (laughs) This is, I I think there's probably a little bit of both here going on. I think there's some kind of, I don't know, some, some guys with a few screws loose, potentially, but I think the FBI probably went in and unscrewed them a little looser. I'm yeah. I'm speculating that's what happened. That's just my own opinion. That's how it goes. The old weaver. Uh, Darren says, Milktoast fence sitter Tim Pool, Tim Tim Pool, <laughs> like did say he'd like to have you guys on his cast after I shouted you two out during his stream with Miss Lauren Chen. Bring hmm. back the sticks, clankers unite. I, I, maybe I've, I've ridden Tim Pool a little too hard. That was a unfortunate choice of words that I immediately regretted as soon as they came out of my mouth. (laughs) But you know, I've, I've railed on him a lot for his fence sitting tendencies and various things he said over the years. Fundamentally, I think he's a good dude. And you know what the important thing about Tim pool is, I won't say this once, but he reaches normies more than any of us do. Nobody reaches as many normies as Tim pool does. And thus blonde has completed her transformation into softness. She has now, spoken loosely appreciatively of uh of Tim Pool. Yeah. here we are dude is relatable af he really is no, i think um yeah i his under- work in sweden was really good too i do remember that and i yeah i remember when he came on the show the one time we talked about that quite a bit at the end of the day i haven't gone into a muslim ghetto in sweden and been chased out tim pool did that yeah i yeah, got a lot of respect true. for that and and just from a business perspective I mean, Tim Pool is a guy who has built something of incredible popularity in the same arena that we have. And listen, I know that's not easy and he's done it. Whether and I agree with everything you say or not. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Whether I we agree have with done it is not relevant. On the street stuff one time. And let me tell you, it is so much more work. It is. Than any, it is so much work and it is so tiring and you can't really prepare because you don't know what's going to happen and you're in danger. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, kudos to people that go out and do that while we're in the safety of our own homes. And I'm like, he's such a fence. I'm, <laughs> um, I'm a huge bitch. Reality Lobster says Titanic was an insurance scam gone wrong. It was intended to hit the iceberg to make an insurance claim to make up for all the lost money on the sister ship. That's a deep cut. <laughs> there, thank you. I need to look into these. Uh, Graham Godfrey says, are you shaving for the wedding? I, I have it on authority that he's getting a full bikini wax. Ooh, he's going to make... Some tranny waxes balls. Hit up the That's spa beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I assume they mean your beard. 
Uh, well, I, I didn't, I took, I actually took it to be body. I didn't, no, I'm not going to shave, I'm not going to shave my beard. I'm not going to change my appearance. No. Why would we just assume that he's talking about your body? Shaving my beard is such an absurd ask. Why would anyone ask it? <laughs> it's less absurd for you to get your balls waxed than to shave your beard on your wedding day. Uh, that's, I, don't, I agree with you. I look ridiculous clean shaven, so I'm not doing that. He loses 10 years immediately. Uh, yeah. Duvier Verdell says, did you see the Tim cast IRL with Lauren Chen? Someone asked if he would have you two on the show and he said he would. You should go. It might help you get your hit piece. I don't think going on Tim Pool is going to help Matt get his hit piece. Oh, maybe. Uh, the, the thing I, I don't, as a rule, I don't invite myself to other people's platforms, though. So, yeah, I, I will always listen to emails uh, and requests. But I, I just I'm not the kind of guy who's going to email other people and say, let me on your show. I demand that's that's not my style. Maybe he knows the importance of you getting your hit piece, though. If it, if it came through Tim Pool, that would be ironic. I had to go through Tim Pool to get a hit piece. Only I only I could accomplish such a thing. Really? I don't want you to get it, though, because then it would kind of complete your character arc. And then, yeah, and what's, then what, what's left? What, what will become of us? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Liberative says, Mike Pence, pretty fly for a white guy. You're welcome. Ah, oh, boo. Okay, I need to reload again. I think <laughs> oh, my God. Danny Montana is here with a real Titanic conspiracy theory. And in the context of such insane silliness, I think I can read this one. Okay. Oh, Matt, we all know who really sunk the Titanic. I mean, come on. Iceberg in parentheses. If you really want to go down the rabbit hole, most of the anti-Federal Reserve people at the time were aboard the Titanic. Maybe there's truth to that. That could be true. Oy vey. Anderson Bush Uh, says, uh, what did Kamala say to Joe when he interrupted her at the Oval Office? Uh, excuse me, Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Yeah, that's how it's going to go down. It wasn't even what she said. It was how, excuse me, I'm speaking. And then she'd smile and close her eyes and be like, yeah, I just wanted to smash her face. Uh, Tim. Yeah, it's so it's so insufferable to watch someone claim to be oppressed while simultaneously abusing the rules to her favor. If there was a double standard in that debate, it was to her favor. It was not against her. It'd be so insane. To think that she's a victim when in fact she's getting special treatment. And we saw this in the Democratic debates, too. Remember the moment, the moment where she took down Joe on um, on the busing issue. She sees they were talking about slavery reparations and Marianne Williamson was discussing it. And then Rachel Maddow tried to jump in and Kamala Harris went, no, as the only woman of color on the stage, I demand to speak. And then she got infinite time to grandstand. And she still maintains that she's a victim somehow. I know it's it's preposterous. Uh, Tim Whitaker, no note. Uh, Bert Love, oh thank you, sir. Uh, Bert Love says, "Don't worry, blonde. Jesus wasn't fat. You're in the clear." <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't hate fat people. I don't hate them. It's just kind of a punchline. Two uh, A Education says, "Can you guys imagine the hundreds of Gretchen theory messages I get daily, being an MI channel who call her out almost daily?" Yeah, if you if you see more information on this one, send it my way. I'm interested in the case. Like I said, I just I just have some questions about it. I'm not saying it's a fraud. I'm not saying it's a hoax. It's not all fake. I just I just think the FBI might have uh, might have spent a little, a little bit of time in the Discord nudgy, server. Nudgy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now we're going to end on a gross medical story. This is from J.K.'s Ooh. blonde, 19 year old male swimming presents to ER screaming incoherently. Patient unable to articulate problems. Finally, I scoped ear and see a wasp gnawing on the guy's eardrum drowned with lidocaine. Unique medical story. That is the worst thing. How big were this? Was this brother's ear canal? Jesus. 
I had a friend who had a moth climb into his ear canal while he was sleeping and he had to go to the doctor to get it removed. But I've never heard of that. That's disgusting. Okay, that's the show. We are all set. All right. Well, we will uh, we'll call it a show there. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. As always, it's going to feel weird, to be honest, to not do this show for two weeks, at least the Sunday show. I know. But remember, we're back on Wednesday as normal. We'll take your calls. We'll talk about everything going on this week. Presumably the Amy Coney Barrett hearings, but who knows with how crazy things are going. And then we'll be back with the Sunday show on the 25th. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us live. If you're listening uh, later on YouTube On Demand or BitChute or uh, DLive, wherever you may be, thank you kindly as well. If you need more to listen to while we're gone, check out the audio platforms. You can find the call-in show uh, on demand over there. You can find extra material you may not find on YouTube. They're all linked in the description and on the website on the podcast page. You can also send us an email. Tell us how much you miss us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Normally I say we'll be back next Sunday, but we'll be back in two Sundays. As if it's Sunday. Sorry, Chuck Todd. It's not me, the press. It's Beauty and the Beta. Have a good night. Bye, guys. Thank you.